It's a positive film. It has heroes and villains, and uh, that it essentially uh, is a fun movie to watch. It's been a long time since people have been able to go to the movies and see a sort of straightforward, wholesome, fun adventure. Well, it's a fantasy. It's not science fiction so much as it is space fantasy. And it's about people. It's about... Fin it's finally about people and not finally about science. The story, when you actually put it into words, is only so much nonsense to hang a great visual experience onto. It's the stuff that fairy tales are made of. Sort of boiling down religion into a very basic concept. Uh, the fact that there is some deity or some power or some force that sort of controls our destiny, uh, works for good and also works for evil. Marvelous, healthy innocence. Great place, wonderful to look at, full of guts, nothing unpleasant. I mean, people go bang, bang, and people fall over and dead. But, you know, no horrors. A sort of wonderful freshness about it, a kind of like a wonderful fresh air. It's got whatever you want it to be. It's a, it's pure entertainment. It's like a roller coaster ride, and it can be interpreted as long as you enjoy it, which is the intention. Hello and welcome back to Generation Skywalker and we are here with The Modern Way and joining me as always I have got Craig Spivey. Good evening Craig. Good evening Stuart. Are you alright my friend? I am, how are you? I'm all good mate, all good. I've also got uh, Mark Daniels with me. Good evening Mark. Good evening. Sound very chirpy for a uh, Monday evening. Uh, also got Dan Burgess. Good evening Dan. Good evening Stu. Good evening everyone. And uh, a bit of a treat returning to the team. He was... Um, Someone that came up with the original concept of this with myself. It's Grant Criddle. Good evening, Grant. Uh, good evening to you. Uh, good evening, lads. And uh, yeah, thank you for inviting me on. Really excited about this. I thought you were going full jazz then. I thought that was going to be the uh, <laughs> the rainbow beginning. It was. I did. I did plagiarise him a little bit there, didn't I? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. He just sounds a little bit more dappy, but um, <laughs> great to have you on, Grant, and back with us, sharing your wealth of knowledge now. First show in, you're coming in on the modern way, okay? Now, well, people who know you will know that you've got quite an impressive vintage collection, but where do you lie with modern? Do you buy modern? Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, but it's probably a little bit of a, a different take on what I've been listening to on this show. I really enjoyed listening to the modern way, by the way. I think it's a, a really good, fun podcast. And I do listen to a lot of modern podcasts and uh, YouTube channels, but if you're looking at stuff that's been issued and released at the moment, I would suggest that my modern collecting is mainly focused on hot toys. Um, I was collecting the uh, three and three quarter inch figures when they came out with the uh, Force Awakens and Rogue One and The Last Jedi, but I've sold all that on. I was collecting the Black Series, but I wasn't into the face sculpts, so I sold all that. But obviously, Hasbro have put all the effort into uh, rectifying that now and I'm making some really impressive action figures but the, the majority of modern stuff I'm interested in in regards to a different take is uh, sort of stuff that I've been into over the last 30 years I'm interested in building sort of like a, a cabinet 
that reflects my Star Wars journey, if you like. And a lot of that is modern stuff, or which would be looked at as modern stuff that came out mostly in the 90s and then cherry picking some fantastic items that have been released over the last 20 years. You know, when, when I looked at this on our show notes and, and actually collecting this uh, sort of stuff, it's kind of made me realize that, you know, that there is a there's a split between vintage and modern. And I'm not sure if that term, don't, I don't think the granule level, uh, that, that term needs more of a, a granule level in terms of how things are categorized because, you know, there's there's been many phases of Star Wars now. And I wonder if that, that modern term could be broken down into what used to be called in the 90s as the classic line and then the prequels and the Clone Wars. You know, maybe it needs more granule detail in um, in what these things are called. So a lot of the stuff I collect modern is stuff like the 90s top cards and, and just some, some things that really stuck out to me from collecting back in that day. Nice, nice answer, mate. And yeah, you're right. I, uh, I'm quite glad you're on because I also know that you like to dabble in Power of the Force too. And Mark is very, very angry with Power of the Force too. Um, it's nice to have uh, someone on my side when it comes to that. I'll do my best, mate. Now, we always start with what we've been purchasing. You're fine, Gore. Actually, I know you've been purchasing quite a bit of modern. You just mentioned Hot Toys there, and I know you love, a, you love a Hot Toys. So I'm going to come to you first. What's your recent modern purchases? Let me think. The most recent has probably been um, the Hot Toys Luke Jedi uh, that came out, I think, in 2017, 2018. They've, still done, they've, they've since done another, let me think now, three versions of him. You know, you get the Luke Endor, you get the deleted scene uh, version uh, as well. So that that would have been the most recent one, and I'm just waiting for a email from Hot Toys to say, or from Sideshow to say that they're going to post my Qui Gon Jin six scale figure. So modern wise, it's uh, it's mostly the Hot Toys there. So that that would be my most recent purchases. I've probably pick, I picked up a, a theater edition 1997 uh, Luke Jedi, still attached to its card because you know those bubbles are known for falling off. So I think that, that, that's where I am in the in the modern realm at the moment nice nice and obviously you also picked up the emperor quite recently from the hot toys line and that's a gorgeous figure in that chair isn't it i, I believe it is i've got to, i've yet to open it <laughs> still in the box yeah. yeah still in the box man i've got a week off work i'm hoping at some point to open it and put the batteries in and, and watch it go lovely lovely mark have you been dabbling um i have but i don't want to divulge what it is until we talk about it later so um, yes, I have made some purchases, and um, it's relevant to today's uh, chat we're going to have, so uh, I won't say any more than that. That's brilliant. Um, this is an episode one uh, bit of a feature on here, so I should think he's gone dabbling in the 1999 range. Uh, Craig? Um, yes, I, I, since we last spoke, I made one modern purchase, and I, I stumbled on it when I was putting the, um, the enhanced version of uh, the last show together. I was googling um christmas ornaments to kind of bring that little section to life and i found this thing and i thought well that's amazing i loved it and i don't know if anyone's seen it it's the hallmark christmas ornament and it's it, it's based on a behind the scenes image of carrie fisher and peter mayhew as uh, as as Leah and chewy um that and i'm sure you've all seen the photograph where chewy's kind of picked her up he's got her in one arm Carrie's got her arms around him and she's sort of looking adoringly at him. And it's just a beautiful little thing. It's just quirky. Yeah, quirky left field kind of item. But I just thought it was just just absolutely charming. So I, um, yeah, couldn't get it anywhere in this country. Had to pay for shipping and customs and get it over from the States. But it's, um, yeah, it's it's such a lovely thing. Um, I've never bought a Hallmark ornament before. Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, it, it coming. I've got the little slip 
that says I need to post customs on it, so it should be with me any day. But yeah, cool. Nice. nice. I definitely think Hallmark is maybe an area we could look at next month on the modern way, because I think it's um, an area I've never really looked in. But I look yeah. forward to seeing that, because I don't really know what you're talking about. Yeah, no, it's cool. She's got a little kind of hook in her head, obviously, to hang. But I think I might just take that out and just have it as uh, have it on the shelf. I think it's it, it's cool. I was looking at the other ones they've released for this year, and one of them is the ever-so-Christmassy vignette of uh, Vader strangling Admiral Motti. So, uh no Christmas trees complete without that. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. And uh, and Dan? Oh, uh, keeping on a festive theme, I've got myself, a, I think it was a fan club edition, holiday edition Yoda, which is the Ralph McQuarrie art. I think it was the um, a Christmas card from Lucasfilm with Yoda wearing a Santa's hat and jacket with a sack of toys over his shoulder. So I've got a three and three quarter inch uh, Yoda. He comes on a little stand with a, a postcard behind him with the art on it. So that's that's ready is for that, Christmas. Is that the one that had the tiny little carded Boba Fett in the sack? No, that was that you're thinking of the jumbo Yoda. You're thinking of the jumbo that came with a right. Boba Fett in the sack. Yeah, so I'm going to sneak that into. Once we get the Christmas decorations up, I'll, I'll sneak that into the living room, and uh, that can uh, become an annual thing to get to get Yoda out of his box. And then I've got, um, I think I've done unboxing videos for everything else. So I've got my Death Star geeky tiki that I've got filled with Diet Coke this evening, and I'll be sipping away on. And I've also gone a bit mental on the Rogue One vintage collection. So I've got every Rogue One vintage collection figure, and I also got the Imperial Assault tank. What's going on there? What about you, Stu? Yeah, actually, I was—I I had to sit down earlier to write, try to work out what I'd got from the last show. Now, obviously, I was putting together that solo shelf. I managed to complete all the figures for that. The problem is still waiting for Lando and Han to turn up, um, which were the first two I ordered. But I ordered them from Star Action Figures, and I put them in with pre-orders. So they're obviously uh, not going to arrive till those pre-orders are in, which is a pain in the bum. But um, yeah, yeah, quite a quite a fun month. I uh, I bought quite a lot of tiki's. Got the Gam Guard. I got a Jawa. I got Akbar. I got Dio, and I got a brilliant Jabber with the little Bib Fortuna muglet, which um which my wife walked into today and said, "What the hell is that?" So, uh, but I, I I'm I'm loving the tiki. I now have dates and everything for my garage, and the tiki bar's the first thing I'm going to build out there. So, um, once that's converted, uh, at the end of the last show, I chanced to crawl across the Black Series Cad Bane and Toto figure because of the box. So I bought that. I got a complete Series 5 of the Kubricks. Um, I bought a C-3PO Jedi Con from 2001, that figure, because I like the box. And then I did buy two things. Now, I bought them because Mark detests them. So I thought I'd buy them to have a look at them. First up, I got the Snowtrooper Holiday Edition, Mark. So let me get this straight. You're buying stuff on the strength of my dislike to things. <laughs> well, I wanted to see what they were like in hand because well, I kind I'm, of agreed with you. Right. OK, I'm going to really think hard about what I dislike now in future. And I'm going to see <laughs> if I can get you to buy things and waste your money, mate. <laughs> well, I only bought one. I bought the Snowtrooper Holiday Edition one, right? Well, why, why have you bought that? Because, do you know what? I'm going to open it. I'm going to have it in my office at Christmas every year. And I'll buy one Christmas thing a year and, like, keep my keep my office area kind of Christmassy. Yeah, it's, it's, it's purely a money cash cow, but it's a bit of fun. But I don't know why they needed to bring five out. Yeah, I don't I don't dislike it, actually, Mark. Don't dislike mm-hmm. it. I think you should get yourself one. I don't think I should. Uh, just surfaced now that you were a massive, you're really into your Sigma, your vintage Sigma from back in the 80s, all the ceramics that were made there. And now you're collecting yeah. all this tiki stuff as well. Also ceramic related, I guess. And uh, you, you probably now have more ceramic than most people's grandmother. <laughs> I think I've got more ceramic than I have actual toys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a very good point, actually. He's oh, going to smash it all up and build a new garage out of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Mark, the second purchase, which arrived in the same box as the holiday special, I am um, I'm going to agree with you, okay? So I bought a carbonised Cara June vintage collection figure. <laughs> oh, for... <laughs> and um, I totally agree with you, mate. They're, this makes no sense at all. Um, she's wearing shiny clothes. So actually, in fairness, the figure's brilliant. The, the face sculpt's brilliant. But her clothes are shiny. And she's got like a... Strength of a, a you know a good face sculpt. The, the rest of it's got to make sense, hasn't it? Yeah. See, if that was a normal figure, I think this would be a brilliant figure. But even the cards carbonized. It's like it's got oh, a reflective it? on it, and then it's got like a massive sticker which just says carbonized graphite on it. Which so shocking. You do yeah. realize you can buy an uncarbonized version of that figure? Yeah, yeah, I know that. I bought it so I could look at what I, I've never had a carbonized figure in hand. I know, it feels like um, the Emperor's new clothes to me. You know, everybody going, I see him on Facebook raving about him. And I'm sat there looking at him thinking, can nobody else see what I'm seeing here? Is, is, this, is this some kind of mass hysteria? Well, this isn't for me um, at all. This will be the one and only. I, I was thinking about moving it on, but actually I might just put it in my um, my Mark Daniels. I was going to say, is it for him for Christmas? Yeah. <laughs> So, Mark, I've got a little present for you for Christmas. I tell you what, the only other thing I bought actually, I nearly forgot about that, was I've got no int- it had no interest in buying the Empire Strikes Back retro line either. But I was just in Asda the other day, and Luke Bespin and Han Hoff were there. And you don't see Star Wars in the shops anymore, so I bought both of them just because they were there. Um, Tenner. Tenner each. <laughs> there was two Luke Bespins, I nearly bought both of them. Are they, are they kind of in line with inflation to what they were back in the day? So Because they were about a pound twenty, weren't they, back in the day? So is, is that in line with inflation, £10? Just similar sort of price to all the other kind of action figures from like Marvel to wrestlers and stuff. So I take it that's, yeah, I assume so. But again, I, I, I've got way of one of them and I don't really... Well, we're going to get onto that shortly, but but yeah, yeah. So a few purchases actually. Um, but I think Matiki's been my my success this month. I am am enjoying that. Now, Dan, well, we've um, we know you're doing a Rogue One focus, and I think me and you both pre-ordered the. Now, do I say Tantivy or do I say Tantive? Because I know it'll get Craig's goat if I say call it the Tantivy. But um, the Tantive Corridor from Rogue One. We thought that was going to be from Rogue One. But it's coming in Star Wars packaging. Were you surprised at that? I was, yeah. I don't see the point of putting the yeah the figure on the Rogue One card and then having the main box with Star Wars on it. I suppose everyone who wants one then can get one, regardless of what their focus is. <laughs> well, I thought that, but wouldn't you have thought they would have just done like a buy logo type thing? Star Wars on one side and maybe Rogue One on the other. Yeah, they've not done that before. But I suppose they got, they, you know... It's been in. It was in Revenge of the Sith. It was in Rogue One. They can do as many different versions of it they want. Then I imagine there'll be a Rogue One version at some point. Yeah, it just didn't make much sense with the Vader coming out and, like, say the the um, Rebel Trooper being in there. To be honest with you, I only want the figure out of it, so I'm probably going to open it, take the figure out, and then sell it on and try and make some of my money back. Surprised to see that Star Wars was on the front, but but yeah, still look forward to getting it. Do you know when they're shipping? I December, can't... December, January. It says on. I think it's on Star Action Figures. It says. December, oh, January. Yesterday, I was gutted. My last payment for my Hot Toys IG-11 was meant to come out. And I got an email saying, oh, this would be delayed a month. So the figure's not ready. So, yeah, gutted by that. Gutted. Well, boys, today, when we're recording, it is Monday the 9th of November. The day we're recording is the last day to order the HasLab Razor Crest. Now, we spoke about this in quite a bit of depth last show. Wasn't on my radar whatsoever before that show. Um, we were talking about that, like the tie-in things when they hit certain targets. Now, Dan, obviously, targets have been met since we last recorded, and it's added a few extra other bits. Now, I'm aware that that everything has been backed, so everything is 
is in the package now? What else was included? So yeah, I, I don't, I can't remember where we got to last time, but essentially everything can obviously get the vehicle, you get the three and three quarter inch uh, Mandalorian figure in best car armor with a soft goods cape, which will only be which will be exclusive to that. Um, there's also an escape pod. Uh, a carded child figure with a hover pram, which I believe was where we got to last time. So everything after that then is probably new news. So we've got the four blocks of carbonite as seen in Ep- uh, Mandalorian episode one. Comes with a clear display stand that was unlock four. And then unlock five was the off-world Jawa Elder. And that comes with the um, uh, mudhorn egg, um, a necklace and a knife. So yeah, they're the, I think there's what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven unlocks. Now, we were debating on the last show what they should have included and ideas. Um, I know, I think it was you, Dan, actually suggested Jowers. Um, yeah. The carbonite blocks of some sort of mentioned as well was... I think that was Craig. Was everyone happy with, with what's been announced? Was it as expected? I think the surprise for me was the stand. I actually really liked the stand, and that's what's pushed me over the edge and got me to press the pull the trigger on it, to be fair, because it's, it's a much better way of displaying it if you can um, not just have it sitting flat on a shelf somewhere. And Mark, you know, last month when we we were looking at the images of this, it was um, prototype. There was no colour on it. We've now seen this, what it's going to look like when it's finished. What are your thoughts on it? The, the actual Razor Crest is, is it's not like uh, the Falcon in the fact that it looks like it's been made up of different hull plates, like different coloured hull plates. So despite its age, its obvious age, and it's kind of... Uh, similar kind of era as the Falcon. It looks a lot newer in some ways, so it's got this uh, kind of silver paint job, apart from that yellow sort of chipped graphics that it's got down the the top and down the side. So it was always going to be rather sort of, I don't know whether a boring paint job is, 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 is the right way, but it looks good. It looks very close to the ship. And then on the inside, we've got this kind of bluey grey uh, tone so when you take all the panels off there's this contrast um, so if you're going to have this thing on display and have the ramps down and the engine the cowlings off the engine you know displayed it, there will be some contrasting colour there but it is a you know a silver chunk of plastic I think they've done a cracking job on it I really do well that leads us into then so this wasn't on my radar if you'd asked me before we recorded the last show I would have put myself at about five percent within 12 hours of the last show being recorded I had backed it, all in on it, no regrets on it, really excited for it. Now, I'm going to go round. Dan, you have just said that it's major to have the edge. Now, the last show, you were having none of it because you were saying it was going to end up in the loft. What, yeah. What has, have, you, have you decided where you're going to put it? I think I'm going to get, well, I've got my Deltos and my helmets on, so I think I'm going to do something different with those and have it, have it up there. I am quite limited on space, but I can. I'm trying to be inventive. I've got. I've got a few months to figure it out till it gets there. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, the episode. I mean, when we're recording this, I mean, the episode on on Friday, the Razor Quest Crest plays quite a big part in that, and I think that's what helped push it over the edge. And I'm wondering if that's that was planned by Hasbro to to, to sell a few more of these. But yeah, it's a it's a fantastic ship, and I think Mark's been, you know, similar to what he's been saying this evening. He's been kind of having some commentary on the little thread we've got going and 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 talking about you know what an iconic ship it's going to be and i can see it it's it's such a good show and it's i think it's got it's definitely uh going to be a piece that's that i think is going to be around for a while and and people are going to talk about for a while i can't see him re-releasing this every year not on this not with this level of detail anyways and mark you were i think on the last show you said i will definitely be purchasing this pull the trigger this have you 
absolutely. I waited till the last minute to do it, but I, I you know, I um, I was always going to buy it uh, because I think a few people have been moaning about the price of it. But I think when you actually weigh it up, literally, um, I think it's not a bad deal, really, for all the bits and pieces you get with it. It's a huge chunk. It'll look. I, I'm, I can't wait to see the box. That's that's really going to be exciting to see because um, I'm one of these people that will. It, I, I will either get it out of the box and put it on display and maybe have use the stand and, you know, display it that way and then maybe flat pat the box and keep that away from, from it. Or I will leave it in the box and just mint complete as it comes. But yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to get it. It's been a long time since I've been this excited about buying something brand new. Uh, normally it's vintage stuff, but... It's great to you know be excited to buy new Star Wars stuff for a change. I can't I can't wait until we do like a, a review of 2020, mate. Because that first show when you said you hate modern, I don't know what I'm doing here, and the things you've bought this year, <laughs> it's been <laughs> yeah. an incredible turnaround. Yeah. Uh, but I think this caps, it's, it's caps in my hat, mate. Yeah, I, no, I, I think this is a good a good choice to eat your hat with, mate. I think it's brilliant. Yeah, no, it is good. Um, and that leads on to Craig. Now, Craig, you said that space was the determining factor last month is that still the case dan said that as well to be fair <laughs> yeah i mean to to be fair i would have nowhere to put it do you know i i totally totally see the appeal uh of it it's you know it's really nice to hear you guys get excited and i can enjoy it through you but it's just not kind of where my collection is or where it's going i think in days gone by the being able to sort the share the joy of owning it with the kids might have just tipped me over, but they're just getting a bit old for that stuff now. So yeah, I will I will enjoy the uh, the Hasbro Razor Crest. I can't say it. Razor Crest from afar. Oh mate, you're welcome down mine. You can fly around my back garden. Okay. Excellent. <laughs> um, and Grant, so you do have quite a big collecting area, and I've known you to buy enormous things: seven foot Darth Maul statues and Pizza Hut. Does this appeal to you? Not quite. Uh, I will say it is funny seeing or listening to Mark over the last couple of months being a devout vintage fan. And right now, when I listen to him, I, feel, I, I know how Padme feels when she's on Mustafar with Anakin. You know, I just don't recognize him at all. So it's funny, <laughs> to, see, funny to listen to the changes that are going on here. Um, I, I'm happy that and it, you know that people got excited about this, like they did with the sail barge. I've heard criticisms of the Haslab model, but I can't actually remember them anymore. But I know that there is some criticisms. I just hope that the model means that people who want them can get them. Uh, but it, it's it's not for me. If they did the Mantis, which was out of so if you, uh, of Jedi Fallen Order, so if you look at the uh, Razor Crest, is a bit like a, a you know a van and a A10 tank buster. The Mantis is a bit more like a luxury yacht. Uh, if they did that, uh, because there isn't that much Jedi Fallen Order merchandise out there, I could be tempted with that. Do you think they'll do that? It's a bit, bit niche, isn't it? <laughs> it is, It is, but it's, it's probably my favourite design in the modern era. I just, I love it. I love the, it kind of reminds me of the Falcon in a lot of respects and in, in, in terms of what it looks like inside. I, I just really like the, the design of it. I thought it was excellent. Plus it's got the moving sort of wings and uh, and sails and all that. I think it could make a really good HasLab toy. So if they make that, uh, I would definitely buy that. Right. Well, I'm hoping you um, change your mind before the end of the show and go and, go and back the crest. How many but... hours have we got? Is it six hours till, till the end? <laughs> Nine, I think we said, didn't we? Uh... <laughs> Eight hours and 49 minutes. Is it? If I take a sleeping tablet now, I'll save myself 350 quid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, so three three backed it, two haven't, and uh, there are the reasons. So, um, 
definitely looking forward to uh, some unboxing videos of that. Uh, earlier this week on Monday, the uh, Razor Crest HasLab campaign came to a stunning conclusion. So it was, you know, soup to nuts. The entire campaign was so exciting. Uh, really just congratulations and kudos to you, the fans. Uh, this was all you guys. You guys backed this. You made it happen. You drove it to be the, the biggest HasLab campaign that Hasbro's ever done, which is, uh, just speaks to the the passion and the strength of your fandom. So congratulations and kudos. But going back to the beginning, obviously PulseCon is where we launched that. It was a fantastic launch, backed in 26 hours. So again, the barge from a couple of years ago, it was a you know it was a up and down campaign. A lot of a lot of sleepless nights over that one. This one, 26 hours, we blinked and it was funded, which was fantastic. And you guys were able to come along on the development journey, which was great. So obviously we launched with digital renders. Uh, you're seeing a hero image here. We were able to then kind of take you along. And we had that live stream in early October where we revealed the physical gray model. And now you're seeing the fully decoded model on screen. We were able to launch that on the Mandal Monday's launch. So beautiful. Uh, Chris and the team did such a great job with it. But the campaign was great. We had tiered offerings for the first time in a Star Wars campaign screen. We had an escape pod, a carded the child. Uh, great. That was the first appearance in Vintage Collection for the child. You're seeing it here. Uh, then we had to scramble. You guys shocked us so much. We pulled together Carbonite Blocks as a third tier, and then we scrambled again because you blew that one away. And so a couple weeks ago, we revealed the display stand and the carded Jawa leader uh, that brought us to the finish line. So... Uh, those kind of really drove the campaign, and we came to a great end just four days ago, earlier this week. The final number was 28,901. That was the final number when the campaign ended with all the international backers backed in. So that's going to be emblazoned in my head, just like I think the final barge number was 8,804. So uh, obviously a little bit bigger. So fantastic campaign. Congratulations, fans. Uh, we are looking forward to that shipping uh, in about a year, in fall of 2021. And the sky's the limit. So can't see, can't wait to see what's next. So moving on to topic one for the month. And the last couple of months, we have had so many announcements made that these shows have been inundated with new things. Now, there is new things this month, but not as much as previous months. But, but something we did get, we've already, I just mentioned the retro figures in the, in the intro for, we had a, a Star Wars line and we had a, an Empire Strikes Back line. But they have announced that we are going to be getting a third wave, but this time from The Mandalorian, which I didn't see this coming. I have backed and pre-ordered these because um, I, I kind of like them. So, Mark, first of all, can you take us through the range of figures? I think there's seven and then a, a special with a game, which we'll be talking about a bit later. I agree, mate. I mean, these are completely left field, aren't they, for um, Hasbro? Did not see these coming at all, considering that we haven't had any sequel figures or prequel figures. Uh, to do Star Wars Empire and then suddenly, you know, boom, here comes uh, the Mandalorian. And, and the first way we've got uh, the Mandalorian, Queel, I think that's how you pronounce it, IG-11, which looks like um, uh, it's just a, a straight IG-88 classic, vintage IG-88, three and three quarter inch mould with the um, band oilers changed. And it even looks like it's got a um, vintage looking IG-88 rifle with it as well. So there's that figure. Uh, we've got Cara Dune, Grief Karga, Moff Gideon and the child with a uh, little pram, a levitating pram with a little tiny frog with it as well. So, yeah. Good first wave and the secret figure as well, which comes with a, a game which we'll look at in a bit. 
Now, I'm sure you're like me, Mark, and I'm sure you're pretty. You'd agree straight away. Cara June would look much better if she was shiny. I'm so, I'm so glad, <laughs> glad they didn't go down that road, mate. I really am. <laughs> There's still time. I'm, I'm with you. I backed him. I, I loved him as soon as I saw him. Yeah, I think, um, I think, I think one of you boys put him into our, into our group, and it was like late at night, and I think I, I sat up in bed half asleep and just pre-ordered and then just put my head back down that's that's how you need to order modern stuff i think these have actually had quite a mixed review across groups i've seen people really loving them i've seen people absolutely despising them so what are our thoughts on these i, I love them i think they're great i think they've, they've, they've hit the nail on the head with the retro i don't understand people moaning about uh, mm, there's not many colors the school team's poor i don't like those capes that that's what the Black Series is for. That's what the Vintage Collection is for. This is the Retro Collection. They're made to look like they were made and sculpted back in the 70s and 80s. And I think they've got it absolutely right. I think the Quill looks fantastic. And I love the vinyl capes because that takes you straight back to that vintage era. I, th- I, think, I think they're great. And I can't wait to see the card art for these. It's going to be brilliant. And I'm going to put them in case. I'm going to get some cases off Christian at GW Acrylic, and I'm going to have them on display right next to my Razor Crest. Nice, nice. I like that. I really like the Quill figure, actually. I think he's my, um, my favourite. What about you, Craig? I, well, I don't detest them at all. I think they're, I think they're, they're nice. I think they're a, they're a, they're a fun little novelty, aren't they? They're not something I would kind of jump on particularly. I think there's too much of a. Uh, I don't know where they'd fit. I'd probably overthink these things. I should take your approach to you and just go. They're fun. I'll buy them. But yeah, I, I think as Mark says, completely left field um, and kind of almost you know out on a limb there with the most newest bit of kind of Star Wars content aping the original. And, and, you know, I'm hoping that they'll go in and fill the gaps. I think if they they'd have approached these more like they do with like Black Series and the way they release those, or they've got, you know, a prequel figure, a sequel figure, somebody from the TV show, and they started to sort of drip them in, I might get lured in a bit more. But to suddenly kind of land a, a kind of whole cast of characters from The Mandalorian, you kind of, you're going to go for it or you're not, are you? So that's my view. Dan, first of all, I think Mark just touched on it. One of the biggest grumbles I'd seen was that they're using vinyl capes rather than soft goods and removable helmets that we had saw in the vintage era. Does that mean anything to you, or are you happy with the way they are? I, when I first saw I, I don't like the fact the Mandalorian's wearing a cape. I know he wears a cape in the show, but it's not really very prominent. I was looking at some of the Black Series ones, and he has got a cape, and it's just kind of slung over his shoulder and kind of want to get one to get out of his box and take the cape off of him and have one on display without the cape and one with i think the grief cargo and the moff gideon but yeah they sh- they look great it's just the only one that's a little bit questionable i think is the mandalorian i've kind of softened on that i have ordered them i think they look fantastic and i just wish they did this 20 30 years ago and carried the line on as it was you know when in, when power of the force finished the original one and kind of stuck with the, the packaging and the, and, the, and the figure styling so i would have certainly been buying a lot more back then than i did grant i think me and you have actually had this conversation off air and whatnot that we had the star wars and the empire releases and they went with cards of the characters that we'd already seen apart from the ones that were tied in with the board games do you think they should have gone down this route instead what what would you have gone with um, I'm not a fan, unfortunately. I would have liked to have seen, you know, we've already had the figures that they reissued, and these are reproductions of those, which I'm not a fan of. And I'm, I think it was a wasted opportunity to have, you could still issue things like Luke Bespin, but have him have a Luke Bespin figure that, you know, after he's had his duel with Darth Vader with different card art. So what you're doing is expanding the vintage collections rather than uh, replicating what we've already seen before. And I think there's a missed opportunity there. I would have liked to have seen 
what would it have been like in the 1970s and 80s if they had expanded that line which they have done with the with the figures that come with the board games and i think they're far more interesting than reproducing what has come before i'm not a big fan of the the reproduction of these items it doesn't really affect me because i have a complete loose collection so but i'm not really a fan of that and i think when the force awakens came out that that entire movie was based on nostalgia they should have done it then of having you know the kylo ren with the sort of like the you know the darth vader type star wars original card back that kind of thing i think they missed a massive opportunity with those and i totally agree with dan that back in 1995 or early 95 when i heard these figures were going to you know the new figures were going to come out again i expected what they're releasing now to be what they released back then instead of the power of the force 2 it's not for me i'm glad people are happy about it but it's just not for me and the mandalorian figures if if they were issued after return of the jedi i don't feel they would have had vinyl capes i feel they would have gone with the you know the the mandalorian would have been a lot like the boba fett figure where that does have a cape but it's a, a plastic mold and i also think that they have too much detail i mean if you look at uh you know it's reverse what um the criticism that mark did i think they have, they've got too much color and detail i think if you look at something like the vintage attack commander face it is basically you know two dots on a on a plastic face i think they're good and I, i'm glad people like them it's probably just 20 years too late for me if it was 20 years ago i probably would have gone mental or i'm sub- subconsciously repressing myself because i know that if i buy one of these i'm going to, it's going to cost me a fortune so who knows and craig so first of all when are these figures going to be available i know they've been up for pre-order and um, how much will they cost us in the uk because i believe you can buy them individually or as a complete set yeah, I don't think people are going to struggle to get hold of these. Lots of people online seem to be carrying them. Star Action Figures, Bin Planet, Savvy, Indieman Toys, My Geekbox, Kapow Toys. There's, you know, they're all kind of putting them up there. Pretty much the majority are saying the release date's 31st of July 2021. And they're retailing between kind of 9.99 and I've seen some for 12.99 a figure and a full set sort of between around 64.95 and 66 quid around that kind of mark depending on uh, on who you're getting from. So I think it's a bit similar to the Razor Cluster. I think so. It's me down and Mark of Backlam and um, Craig and Grant are staying strong and turning their back on these things. So. <laughs> It is nice to see that the three and three quarter line, I mean, I believe it was one of your earlier episodes that there was concern that this line was dying out and the Black Series would take over. So it is it is nice to see that the three and three quarter line still gets a lot of love and people are, are seem generally excited by all this. So I, I think that's a great thing. So we do have some announcements, and obviously um, 
most of the announcements this month are connected to the Mandalorian. So we're going to go through a few bits that we have seen. Craig, first of all, we've just we've just mentioned that there's often a game come out with a tie-in with a retro figure, and the same is for this month as well. So what game are they releasing, and what is the tie-in figure for the Mandalorian retro line? Yes, obviously the, the, the retro line up to this point has had old games it's been able to call upon to reissue with uh, with figures. The Mandalorian obviously doesn't have that. So what have they done? They've uh, created a, another version of Mandalorian Monopoly. So in a previous show, we discussed the child Monopoly, and that went down like a bucket of cold sick. And uh, this is a slightly more kind of adult take um, on Monopoly and is a way of Hasbro to, because obviously the most interest will from for this will come from the fact that it's packed with a figure and the figure is the remnant Stormtrooper. So it's the classic uh, vintage Stormtrooper mould that we know and love, but he's just a bit grubby. We're all going to want him if we are putting that run together. So they will sell a few games of Monopoly on the back of that. The game itself, nice box i think it's got a pretty decent attempt at the kind of forged metal effect that so often you see these things done in photoshop they're pretty unconvincing but it's it's quite a nice quite a nice looking metallic box it's not a window box showing the figure so if you think about the death star game and the hoth game they they kind of constructed those with a window so you could see the figure inside so they haven't done that this time um and essentially the gameplay is you know, the property trading game we all know and love or hate with a bit of a twist. So they've, they've done some development on the gameplay. So I'll read you the blurb that, that comes with the product. Imagine traveling around a dangerous galaxy where Imperial enemies threaten the safety of the child. Players can play as the Mandalorian, Cara Dune, IG-88 or Quill. Child token lets players access their character's special ability as well as the child's unique ability. Buy hideouts, win battles and earn Imperial credits. The player with the most Imperial credits wins. But if an enemy gets the child, the game is over. And if there's ever been a game that needs a kill switch, it's Monopoly. How true is that? (laughs) They've obviously listened to some feedback. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I, I was criticising the retro figures then, and I've looked at this link that you've provided with the uh, Mandalorian figure. That's a, it is tempting with that card back, isn't it? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to buy it and give it to someone for Christmas, but take the figure out first. This would be available for Christmas, would it? Pre-order, available to ship approximately... Yeah. Back, yeah, yeah 20, 23rd of November. Mark, Mark's getting a, a Mandalorian Monopoly set for Christmas with no figure in it. <laughs> Now, that figure, is that the same figure from the Star Wars retro line, just muddied up? Because the Stormtrooper came out, didn't it? It's got to be, isn't it? It it looks very similar, doesn't it? Yeah, I think it is. I don't think he's muddied enough. I don't think he's... No, it's it's very weak. There's there's plenty of vintage ones you can get out there which have got a lovely (laughs) yellow tinge to them, and they sort of bronzer (laughs) Stormtrooper. (laughs) Yeah, well, I, I, I think it's nice. I had a Monopoly set back in 1996, and it, I think it came with a pewter Anakin Skywalker figure, and I kept it in the cellophane because I thought it was going to be worth a fortune one day. <laughs> well, there you go. Now, something that's been revealed today uh, is Mando Monday again today. So we knew this might happen, and obviously we've got Mando Mondays every Monday whilst the program's on. Now, Mark, I'm going to come over to you because I know that you bought a helmet earlier in the year, and... You're quite taken with the helmets, but they've announced the Mandalorian helmet. Instant buy, mate. 
instant buy. It looks fantastic. And this is a Black Series helmet, so the quality is going to be pretty good, I would imagine, if it, if the Boba Fett one's anything to go by. And as far as I'm concerned, alongside my Razor Crest with my retro figures, it's going to be sitting my uh, Black Series Mando helmet. I think it's a similar price as well to the Boba Fett helmet, which is about £99, I think. And it's got a little um, torch where the uh, rangefinder was on the Fett helmet. There's like the, the little searchlight thing on there. Uh, so, um, excellent. Uh, can't get enough, mate. Cannot get enough. Mark can run around his house in the dark with his torch on with his helmet. Come around, mate. Get, your, get yours on. We'll have a game. <laughs> Murder in the dark. You'll have to pack up all your vintage stuff to get all your Mando stuff in, Mark. I'm going to build an extension, I think, for my Mando. <laughs> <laughs> Mando extension, yeah, brilliant. Does look good. Perhaps we'll chat about that a bit more next month. Now, Dan gave you a bit of a treat this month. Like we've seen with so much other stuff coming out of the Disney parks, which, because obviously not open. We've got their droid building series this year. Uh, their holiday figure was BBH2O. Yep. Do you, did you guys know much about the um, the droid building at Disney? Is that something you've come across in your travels? Do you know what that is? I heard a lot about it, but I know absolutely zip. So when I, I mean, I didn't see it at Disneyland when I went earlier on in the year, but when I went up into Disney World in Florida, they've got in uh, Disney Springs, they've got a World of Disney, and in there is it's like a big shop, covered with massive. It's like a uh, everything you could imagine that Disney's in there, and there's a Star Wars section, and basically kids can go up there, and they've got various droid parts. It's all three and three quarter inch scale, um, and you can pick out a body, legs, a head, and basically assemble your own droid. Um, some of them are pre-packed, so if you want an R2D2, it's already in the box, and you can just go up and get an R2D2. Otherwise, you can assemble your own droid. They'll card it for you and you and they'll designate it a name so i think what this is and uh, and, and and i'm sure Stuart will correct me if i'm wrong is their holiday exclusive um three and three quarter inch bb8 that's that's holiday colored themed um already pre-packaged um that you can buy um only in the us unfortunately i think it's $12.99 and you can get that on the uh, disney store in the states now obviously they wouldn't normally sell this outside of the outside of the parks but because of the pandemic obviously they're not they're not shifting anything so they've um they've decided to stick these up on their website there was actually a, a halloween one as well um a month or so ago obviously to to, to come out with in conjunction with halloween and that was something like bb8 boo or something like that it was called so there's a bit of a theme there with them releasing these bb8 holiday themed figures so yeah if you want one of those i imagine if you know someone out in the states they could probably uh ship it to you um but yeah it's unfortunately we can't order them on the uk disney store you say unfortunately i would say that's bloody hideous you've um, bought you just bought a black series <laughs> snow trooper colored in the same kind of way I, i'm yeah. not a fan i say i thought yeah i'm not, i wouldn't i wouldn't buy it even if i was in disney i'd just make my own droid i wouldn't buy that i, I actually had um had a little good little play on ebay some of the droid factory figures though they they sell for like 50 100 quid some of them yeah there's um, some rare parts there i think i think people will go there. i think when they originally bought it out it was probably about i think it was about 2011 2012 they had these droid factories and people were going to disney and assembling literally every single combination of droid part they could and i think there was some originally there was like 50 droids and it's just it's just carried on from there so there are people obviously probably those that live local to the parks that will every season go down there and assemble a load more droids and take them home i did it when when i did it i did it like a black with gold trim one. It was completely black. It looked like the John Player special racing car on the seventies. Very nice. It was cool. What's the so, what's the what's the H two O bit with this 
holiday. Well, I suppose it's holiday 2020. Uh, Something to celebrate, isn't it? One that was like a water dispenser <laughs> in the park. <laughs> yeah, I think all the I think that the the, the 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 Halloween one had Boo in there, BB Boo or something like that. So it's all yeah, they try and yeah, be clever with names. But it's different from the droid the droid factory they've got in Galaxy um, Galaxy's Edge. So if you go in there, you can build a droid as well. But they're they're a much bigger scale, and it's a similar kind of thing. You pick out the droid parts, and they'll you assemble it, and then they give it a personality and a name, and you walk out of it in a nice a nice storage box. Didn't you find the the card was a bit of a strange choice? So we, we're back to the um, the Last Jedi. We got a scene from Crate on the card back with this god awful BB-8 bashed in the middle. It's it's actually hideous, isn't it? Yeah, it's not a way to put it. <laughs> I think I think the sequel trilogy is outstanding. It's welcome. Yeah, I think we'll be back to our two units sooner or later. There you go. I think we've given that way too much airtime. Um, so I'm going to come over to you, Grant. Now we've already heard that you're a bit of a bit of a hot toys lover as well and we're seeing something a bit different now actually hot toys are now going for a quarter scale figures and we've seen quite a quite a cool looking mandalorian and child deluxe set in this range i didn't actually realize it was quarter scale until i started looking into it a bit more deeply i thought it was another uh, six scale figure but it is a quarter scale figure we've had two mandalorian six scale figures so far uh which was the the mandalorian season one uh which had the original armor that was seen in episode one sorry season one episodes one to three and then we had the the beskar sort of mandalorian with the child figure that was also issued and just to go show how fast things move since i've actually made these show notes it was announced today that there was a one six scale mandalorian child with speeder bike so things are moving fast but this is a quarter scale figure which is obviously a lot bigger. Just to go to show you the difference, if you're looking at buying a standard six-scale original Mandalorian in the original armor, you're looking at £190. This is going to be £513. It did. It does get a lot confusing because it's not just Hot Toys that make the quarter-scale uh, sideshow do it, but also a lot of other companies do it, and um, it's quite the rabbit hole to actually go down. Uh, and also a lot of the quarter-scale figures seem to be statues rather than action figures. Hot Toys has done this before, They've done it with the Boba Fett figure. So I, I think, you know, it's, they could have used some of the elements of that Boba Fett figure. I think it's, you know, a lot easier for them to make Mandalorian figures if they've already issued the Boba Fett figure. They also did a Darth Vader one with the removable helmet, which is absolutely fantastic. And now the, the child figure that actually comes with this in the, uh, let me see, the Hover Pram. Which I heard you say earlier, Dan, that's a new word for me today, Hover Pram. So this is the deluxe set that comes with the child and the Mando figure. And it also comes with the base so it's huge, but it has lots of gimmicks in which to play by. Uh, the base has the sort of mythosaur uh, Mandalorian symbol. I think you guys are all uh, familiar with that. It's the, with the, the skull and the tusks. It has a destroyed IG-11 bust, which is detonated. It's thermal detonator. This is all underneath the base of, of, of where the figure stands. It has a heated Mando helmet. It's sort of like a Mandalorian helmet with like a heated effect on it. And it looks by the color scheme like it could be a, like a Death Watch helmet. All of this is below the base where the figure stands. So, you know, you've got the quarter scale figure then on top of what's already a large stand. The figure itself comes with uh, lots of different sort of gimmicks. Uh, and obviously, the more if you're a really hardcore fan, they touch on everything that you'd ever want from a Mandalorian figure. It's got the jetpack. Uh, the jetpack itself is fantastic because if you look at the detail of it, it's got sort of like pits and weathering in the armor. This is why you're spending the money is the attention to detail 
of all of the, all of the different elements that's contained within the figure has three additional hands. The hands are, are plastic; they look like leather, even though they are plastic. It comes with a vibro knife, the whistling birds, a tracking fob, a mythosaur necklace, uh, a Beskar block like the ha, ha, like the Imperial stamp Beskar block, uh, the control knob that the child takes, flashlight. Uh, the child itself comes with alternative hands, alternative head, ears. A hover pram, the new word. The head sculpt on the child is fantastic on both of their heads. Uh, the hover pram itself is, is actually the one from the uh, first three episodes. So it's not the one that Quill makes, which would go with the Beskar armor. It's actually the one when he's in his uh, in his sort of the original army he had. Uh, the rest of the base is built up of parts of the E-Web cannon, what we would know from vintage fans as being the tripod laser cannon. The cannon itself is removable, so you can have the Mandalorian hold the cannon like he did in the last episode of the first season. The Mando figure itself is full of detail. It's got rust, it's got weathering, it's got crinkles, it's got wear, it's got shine. It looks like a statue, but it's a figure. It has its pistol belt with bombs on it, all weathered, all incredibly detailed. The Beskar is what I what I believe is plastic. It looks like metal. It's an incredible uh, gloss over it. The figure also comes with its uh, rifle. It's 513 pounds, which is a lot. But, you know, what I find with these hot, uh, hot toys, which is the reason why I collect them, is when you get them in hand, you actually feel like the Jedi cloak could be made from the same material. They make the actual Jedi cloaks just shrunken down. It's the level of detail. And and all those little tiny little fanboy gimmicks, that's what you're paying for. That's where the premium price is. Yes, it's £513, but this is a centerpiece. You know, this is what's good. If you show someone your collection, this is what's going to draw their eyes. So it is expensive. You are paying for an enormous amount of quality there. And I mean, I love it, but there's also another three different Mando figures to choose from, plus different childs to choose from. And all the other figures from the Mandalorian series. So, yeah, it's expensive, but... Um, it, it's a centerpiece. I mean, there are other ones out there. I saw the Darth Maul. I think Saito did Darth Maul. I saw that in Chicago when we were out there in 2019. Uh, that was a quarter scale figure. Phenomenal. Absolutely beautiful. Just the, the, the head of Darth Maul looked like it was made of skin. You know, you had that all, all kind of blemishes that you would have with skin. That level of detail is what you're paying for. And uh, for me, it's a fanboy dream. It's beyond a fanboy dream. I wouldn't have come up with something that looks this good. I, would have ex- I wouldn't expect things to look this good. It's a fantastic piece. And um, these are notorious for selling out, so they will sell them. And on the secondary market then, you're looking at big money. The base is beautiful, isn't it? The underbit. It's, it's incredible. Uh, they, they, they all are. Uh, to be honest with you like the, the Boba Fett he's sort of standing on a skiff the Darth Vader one has got the uh, like a, like an imperial platform I believe that lights up it's, they're just they're just absolutely stunning you are going to be paying for it though any of you guys actually interested in picking up anything like this is this come onto your radars at all as, or, or or is this just a step too far I'm yet to break my hot toys cherry that is that is super nice the only thing the only thing I'd say on the base it looks the whole thing. I'm, I'm looking through the photos on, on Sideshow now, and then you get there's one particular picture where the Mando's standing on, on top of the stand, and he's got the baby Yoda off to his left in the hover pram, and it's got all this amazing detail. And then there's this crappy plastic stick that's holding the baby Yoda up in his hover pram. It really lets it down for me. That I, I know there's obviously so much you can do to make something look like it's it's levitating, but yeah. Just imagine if he did magnets for that, Dan. That would be uh, would, that, would, would that would that break? Would that open the wallet if it was uh, just hovering there on magnets? Uh, I don't. I, it, to be honest with you, it's not a deal breaker anyway. I think looking at what's there, all the different, the various, 
mean, just looking even at the Mudhorn um, insignia on his shoulder plate and it just, yeah, just going through it, it's amazing. Yeah, I'd, I'd spend £500 on that, even if it did come with a little plastic stick. But that, that's probably my only criticism from the photos. Well, I think I think that's the thing with Hot Toys is once you once you start purchasing them and you just look at the quality of them and how you know you can sort of you know, position them and the quality of the fabric, the level of detail they go in, the amount of accessories, it's it's a real struggle not to say yes. What a what a wonderful quality product that that is being released. I mean, obviously for an adult collector, but an incredible quality product. I mean, Steve, you've got some of them here. Well, Hot Toys, yeah, yeah, I do, and I've actually got the um, the Mando and Child Deluxe sixth scale on pre-order i think i think the um, payment plans just started actually so i assume that's shipping in about maybe two or three months time but that's half the price of this 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 is beautiful this is another level up from that and i think hot toys are superb as it is there, there is some criticism online regarding i know you guys covered it as well when you talked about the um the child life-size figure about the years and the fact that there's a connection that you can see on the years and th- Obviously, with the, the quarter scale child, it has the same issue because it's got removable years. But I think that's that's what you're going to, you know, if you want to have, you know, the ability to sort of manipulate it and position it and, and, and change it, there's no getting around that at the moment. That's nice, nice. So exciting. I, I won't be buying it, mate. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that before as well. Uh, staying on Hot Toys, uh, Craig, also another Mando announcement was the Death Watch Mandalorian. Yeah. How do I follow that? I mean, we've. Um... We, we've discussed a lot of Mandalorians and clones and armoured six-scale figures by Hot Toys in the, over the past few shows, and and this is you know a continuation of that. It's the it's the Mandalorian that uh, that rescues the young uh, Din Djarin in the episode. You know his origins are revealed uh, as he's rescued. Yeah, it's it's up up there with all the others that we that we talk about. It's that it's that Hot Toys quality. On this particular figure, and for and for anyone putting uh, putting these together, it's uh, it's a worthy addition. Doesn't seem to come with quite so many accessories as some of the ones we've talked about. It's got all the usual sort of six hands uh, weapons and uh, you know some interchangeable kind of bits and pieces. But um, yeah, I mean it's it, it's it's comparable price wise with the other things we talked about. Two hundred and thirty five dollars pre order now, and it's due to arrive kind of october 2021 that's part of a year away yeah we could order it now and receive it as the Haslab razor crest comes out i think a nice hot toys mando alongside your razor crest and your um your retro line and your helmet would look amazing well yeah in for a penny in for a pound (laughs) (laughs) or in in for 500 pound at this rate yeah (laughs) they are great mark we're going to stay on well, not Hot Toys, but Sideshow also. Um, they've gone with Moff Gideon as an early choice. What, what do you think of this? Because Sideshow are always renowned for being not quite as good as a Hot Toy, but I, I think they're closing that gap at times. The, the, to be fair, it, it, there's not a lot of detail at the moment on this figure, other than a couple of press shots. But from what I've seen, the level of detail and the composition of this figure is, is fantastic. The chest looks like it has uh, a light-up mechanism, as does the lightsaber, his dark saber, and he's sort of stood astride the wrecked TIE fighter pod, which he climbs out of at the end of season one, and uh, he's got this quite menacing sort of stance. I mean, it it does look a a really, really beautiful figure. Sadly, it's not the sort of thing I'm really that into, to be fair, these um, these larger, larger figures. And I even got rid of all my vintage 
large-scale action figures, apart from my IG-88 and Boba Fett. I don't connect with them quite as much as I do the smaller end of the scale. So, um, and don't get me wrong, I don't think they're crap or, you know, not, not anything against them. I think, I think they're absolutely beautiful. But for me, I don't know, I just don't, I, they're not for me. Fair enough, mate. Fair enough. That moves us on to the Black Series. Now, we've been having a lot of announcements on these, but this month, just a couple with regards to the Mandalorian. Now, Dan, I'm coming to you to cover both of these. Let's do this one at a time, because first of all, the Speeder, the Scout, and the child yeah um, so it's it's a repainted um speeder bike um so it's been really the speeder bike and the uh and the scout troop has been released before in the black series this is a re-release of that as such so it's a repainted bike to look more like the like it does in the episode of the mandalorian where the two uh speeder bikes capture the uh the child and then one of the scout troopers punches him in the head so it's it's kind of enables you to reenact that scene i suppose <laughs> comes with the with the bag that the the scout trooper carries the child in and the action figure of the child and that's an amazon exclusive it's nice isn't it it's in the new style boxes yeah it's got a nice stand as well so it's kind of got the the gravelly landscape i think is it navarro the planet it's got the the gravelly landscape of navarro so you can set it up nicely it looks good i would say that's a, a quite a classy looking black series piece that one now the next one which is quite interesting now this is this is mando with his helmet off and what do you what do you think about this what the figure himself explain what it is but yeah i'd like like to talk about his face sculpt in a minute yeah perhaps just give us an overview of what we're looking at first so it's the mandalorian and child build-up pack so it's it looks like it's got the same body as the uh the mandalorian figure that's already been released in best car except for his helmet comes off um it comes with uh, a backpack another hover pram on a nice um, plastic base you can stand it on um, some pieces of Beskar um, a homing fob and the Mandalorian's rifle um, and then also the child himself so yeah it's the it's the they're calling them build-up packs I know Mark's going to talk one about a vintage collection one in a moment but yeah it's both figures in in one pack his his face has had quite a lot of online comments yeah he's got a big old chin and he and no neck <laughs> now, has this been made with like the latest technology these face scans, because this doesn't look right to me. <laughs> I, I mean, mean, the top half of his face does. Yeah, it's the chin, isn't it? I think it's the chin that lets... I mean, I'm looking at the photo online, and it's a little bit pixelated, but yeah, he's not quite right, is he? No. I really feel for uh, Pedro Pascal over this. I mean, he's, if the rumours are true, you know, he's kind of struggled with acting without his face on screen for a, for a lot of this uh, lot of this project, and then he gets this as his action figure. I mean, it probably just goes to show that make sure you finished uh, eating and swallowing before you have your face scan. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think the problem, problem, some of it might come from just fitting the helmet over his head. I mean, I don't know if you've been action figures in the past. Certainly, when I had three and three quarter inch, when you try to take the helmet off of a figure and lump it on, normally the, the figure doesn't look quite right just so the helmet fits on his head. But his head looks quite big. I, yeah. I get what you're saying about that. You'd expect yeah. his head to look a bit smaller. It's a thousand times better than that Poe Dameron figure from five years ago. I love the uh, the new box artwork though. I think that that with the with uh, the illustration on the side looks fantastic. So tempted by all this. I, I think both of these are great. Oh, I've pre-ordered it, by the way. <laughs> the Mandalorian one, by the way, from Smiths. You can only get them at Smiths. They're still they're still um, they did come down for a while, but they're still up for pre-order at the moment. Uh, nice. How much are they, Dan? Uh, the Ma- the Mandalorian child set, I think that was thirty five, and I think the speeder bike set was fifty, but that's sold out at the moment. But Amazon are normally all over the shop with this kind of thing, so it may well come back up. It's a lot cheaper than a quarter scale hot toy, isn't it? Well, that's the thing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, a hot a hot scale um hot 
a hot scale. A hot toy wouldn't have a Pedro Pascal look like he's chewing a wasp, though, would they? <laughs> yeah, don't forget. Maybe this is. I mean, it's well, it's due out in a couple of weeks. I think. I think at the end of the month they're due. They're due to land, so they're not long to wait for them. But you kind of always hope. Is it a? Is it a prototype photo and the finished article look better? Be to be fair, mate, yeah, I think you're going to have to actually open it and take the helmet off. Uh, Mark, coming over to you. So the vintage collection, we've had, um, I think I counted five, is it? Five announcements? Well, I'll let you just run through these and what, what they have announced. So, yeah, kicking off with um, the Mandalorian. There seem to be an awful lot of Mandalorian figures floating around at the moment. And uh, this recent announcement has got no less than two figures. And the first one uh, being just uh, like a what I would class as a bog-standard Mandalorian figure with a rifle and a pistol. And um, card art, you know, jeez. I I would say 50% of collecting toys today is is, as much about the packaging as it is the figure or the the toy, whatever. To me, on this particular card, they've just gone with the most dullest image they could possibly have found. I mean, of all the press photography and all the compositions they could have gone for, they've gone for something really dull and dark. And it reminds me of, um, you know, know, like the the pictures of like Walrus Man and really poor card art from the vintage era. Reminds me of uh, one of those sort of images, really really sort of half-arsed. Uh, they could have done something so much better. But yeah, the first one, The Mandalorian, um, yeah, it looks pretty good. Uh, figure looks okay. Um, second one is uh, Moff Gideon. And again, I think they've uh, I think they've actually done a really good job on his uh, facial sculpt on this one. And they've got a much better image for the card uh, on this particular figure than they have the Mandalorian. They've, they've, you know, quite dramatic. And he's got his dark saber all lit up. So it, it does look fantastic. And he's on a, a red background as well, which, you know, obviously sort of emulates the whole sort of Sith and Empire uh, vibe. So they've got that. The other thing I need to point out as well, and Dan, I'm I'm hoping you're going to back me up on this, mate, but the logo, whoever's done that logo, the Star Wars Mandalorian logo at the top of the the figure once shooting, because it looks bloody awful. I agree. There's so many, there's guys online, Custard guys <laughs> who, who are doing their own card backs, who are using the, the actual Mandalorian logo from the show, and it looks so much better. The, 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 the Star Wars part of the logo needs to be a lot smaller, um, in my opinion. And you could probably have Star and Wars up and, you know, Star above, Wars below. And the Mandalorian, the, the size that it is, uh, I think the composition would work much better, but they, oh, it looks bloody awful. Anyway. I digress. Let's go on to the, the third one, which is the Armourer. Um, and I think we've got to, got to agree on this, that the Armourer is one of the best characters out of the, uh, the series. Uh, she is just absolutely brilliant. Really cool-looking figure. And, again, card art, fantastic. Looks really, really good. Um, and then we've got Din Djarin and the Child, which goes back to what uh, Dan was uh, talking about this build-up uh, figures where we've got like two figures in one pack and uh, it comes with the little ice cream maker thing Catan- is it Catanto or something is it called a com- it is an ice cream maker it's the same one as that uh, Will Rowe Hood was um, carrying yeah. around on Bespin the, uh, the face sculpt on that though Mark is worse than the Black Series one isn't it I think that's just how he looks guys oh god yeah. oh, <laughs> I saw him in that 
this is like post Game of Thrones where he got his head smashed in. Yeah, it doesn't um, doesn't do him any favors, does it? You don't see that yeah. on the card. That that feature isn't that feature isn't actually uh, sort of mentioned on the card, is it? Like removable helmet. You'd think they'd take the helmet off and put the helmet to the side where the they sort of face sculpt, so they decided not to. Wow, well, there's <laughs> clearly a method in the madness there. So yeah, that's. I mean, which, which one of these figures is going to be the one released with the Razor Crest? Is it going to be the first one we were talking about with a cloth cape rather than the? Yes, um, that's what I understand. Yeah. Right. Okay. So that in total, that's three Mandalorian figures from the vintage collection that they've released. I mean, of all the characters they could have done, they do three Mandalorian figures. It is a fourth as well. So there's one in him in like the the armor from the first series, which before he gets his Beskar armor. So there's already those ones out there as well. So, You've also got yeah. the um, the credit collection one as well with all the carbonized crazy colours. Yeah, and carbonized. <laughs> so we, we look. I mean, the Mandalorian is is looking to be the the latest clone trooper for the vintage collection, isn't he? You know, different versions of the clone trooper, different versions of the Mandalorian. You know, let's let's see a bit of variation, I reckon. And then uh, finally, is uh, this this is nice. This is the uh, vintage era Boba Fett from Return of the Jedi. And with a the, the classic desert scene, what's classed as the desert scene card art, and the detail on this is absolutely brilliant. I, I'm, I'm very, I don't collect Jedi stuff, but I'm very, very tempted to pick this up if I see it. The detail on the figure, and uh, it's just, just great, absolutely fantastic. Love it. Definitely want to work, look out for that. I reckon. And uh, yeah, that's the the vintage collection uh, uh, lineup released as of now. Well done, mate. Well done. So, Grant, something a bit a bit more way out. Um, we come over to you. We go over to Bandai then, who have who have released. Uh, I'm going to let you pronounce the Misho bit. These movie realization figures. Yes, mate. Thanks for this. I clicked on the uh, link on your show notes, and my mind went immediately blank. <laughs> Bandai movie realization Ronin Mandalorian figure, part of Bandai's Mishu movie realization range. So I looked up what Mishu was, and Mishu was a uh, a Japanese princess. I'm not sure what the relationship of that is, but the word Mishu is Japanese for famous places and sort of associations with those famous places with sort of poetic references. Still not making the connection there at all. What, what we've basically got is a Star Wars, the characteristics and the design and color of Star Wars characters and then interpreted on sort of like a armored samurai template. I have seen these around in a Star Wars Celebration. But I've, I've pretty much drawn a blank to it. Obviously, they're quite successful because they, they keep on making more. They, they've already issued things like Boba Fett, the Stormtrooper, and Darth Vader. Personally, I don't see the the appeal myself. Uh, I mean, it just goes to show it's a great example of like they've made everything Star Wars. Personally, I I, I, I don't understand these. I think they're about eighty eighty dollars, maybe hundred dollars, mate. This one, yeah, hundred dollars. So I mean. Obviously, people collect them and people like them. For me, it's a bit too much in the Angry Birds sort of range of, of, of Star Wars collecting. I know that, that doesn't sound very nice, but yeah, I, I've drawn a bit of a blank to this. Mate, I was looking up a, 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 a few things online, but I'd, nothing really sort of grabbed me. I was wondering what you guys would think of it. Is, is, is this something that appeals to you or do you have any more information on sort of like the Japanese connection? Obviously, an influence in the original design of, you know, Vader and some of these, some of these characters back... Uh, you know, 
back in the uh, the original movie and and that's sort of come full circle they've you know like like grant i've seen them i've seen them for celebration and you walk past them and go yeah quite cute but it's not it's not a niche that i've really connected with but maybe it's a cultural thing maybe they're more popular um in their country of origin than they are over here but yeah nicely detailed nice looking thing and uh, you know for the completists out there who want another mandalorian figure knock yourself out is Bandai a, a Far Eastern license? I believe it is, isn't it? Yeah. You know, maybe these are a, a, a big success out there. Because is it? No, FH Figure Horts is something else, isn't it? SH Figure Arts. They, they, no, they do, but they are uh, similar. Yeah, Japanese figures and uh, yeah, exclusive to out there. But yeah, Bandai is a Japanese company. I mean, we've seen these for years, haven't we? I think there's been Vader's, Darth Maul, Stormtrooper versions, all done in kind of a samurai yeah. style. I just think that, like, like, like Craig said, that the helmets all lend themselves to that. To that style yeah i think maybe uh i mean i've only seen stacks of boxes of, of them in celebration maybe if you have mm. them in hand i believe that they're the one six scale figures maybe in hand that they there's something appealing there yeah if it, if, um forbidden planet have them on display in their cabinets alongside all the hot toys they do look nice i wouldn't i wouldn't yeah. buy them either they're not for me but yeah they, they do look nice yeah <laughs> my mind drew blank when i clicked on the link i didn't know what it was to be honest uh steve and, and i was like oh no idea no idea at all yeah make everything star wars eh? Okay, then we'll, we'll move on swiftly from that. Then, Dan, we come over to you as well. The Diamond Select seven inch figures. Now, I noticed there have been posts um, announcing that they were now being found in the Disney stores. What are these things? So, it's, it's quite a quick. Uh, I was looking on, um, I think it was um, Jedi Temple Archive. So, I don't think they were announced until like the 23rd of October. So, they've not, they were kind of announced and then released in the Disney stores pretty much immediately after. I don't think they're over here yet. I think they're just in the States. Um, I'm not seeing anyone posting that they've come out over here yet. I've checked the website this afternoon and couldn't find anything. So, I, I suppose I'm a little bit concerned about these because I'm a bit worried that they're going to be the replacement for the Elite series. So, it looks like Disney have gone into partnership with diamond select who if you don't know were previously gentle giant so they bought out gentle giant who used to do all the busts and the jumbo figures and all that kind of stuff and now they've bought out this this seven inch line so they're they're pretty well articulated so they're they're uh, i think they've each got 17 points of articulation there's two figures they've bought out so far there's a boba fett and a darth maul now the boba fett i think looks really good i think if you were looking for a Boba Fett and couldn't find another one. This was, you know, in terms of that scale, you, you kind of go for this. But in terms of as a collector, and if you've already sitting on stacks of six-inch six figures, it towers above the six-inch Boba Fett um, or by an inch. But, it, you know, in terms of scale, it just doesn't, it just wouldn't sit right in a six-inch collection. So it's, it's kind of, I think like when we spoke about the Hyper Real, it's kind of dug itself into a bit of a corner that there's nothing else you can really display it with. The Darth Maul, however, I don't like that figure at all. I think the face sculpt's horrendous. Um, I did read something online that they're not using face sculpting um, scans. They've, someone's actually sculpting the face. And in the case of this Maul, they've done a, a terrible job. So you've got to hope that if they do any more of these with, with human-type characters, they uh, they find a better sculptor. But yeah, I'm not... I'm not yeah, I don't know what these are. I think my fear is they're going to replace the uh, the Elite series, which I think we, you know we've spoke about a lot on over the course of the last six months. You know, the Probe Droids, def, Probe Droids, definitely a highlight for me of the last twelve months, and it'd be a shame if if that line went away now for this. What's going on with Maul's lightsaber? It looks like a yeah. Like a bicycle. Like a bicycle. I don't know. It it kind of for me, it's kind of like you take those toy box figures and then a the black series and then mash them together, and then you get this. So it kind of yeah, it's a really bizarre 
aesthetic these figures have got. I mean, the, the, I think the Fett looks nice, but the, I don't know what's going on with that Darth Maul. Feels like a backward step, doesn't it? It just looks like something from you know fifteen years ago. Yeah, and the packaging as well. You look at the size of the box it comes. You think like you know, look how you know Hasbro have been trying to reduce the packaging they've got. Certainly with these latest figures. I don't know if you've stood. I know we we've all been buying Black Series a few figures lately. Certainly in the standard boxes where they've got this kind of curved side now with the artwork on it and stand it up against the old size box. It's about 25% smaller in packaging. So everyone's kind of got this, you know, um, environmental view and a trying to reduce packaging. This, the box for it is massive, absolutely massive. Yeah, you think that figure's seven inches tall. That box has got to be 12 inches tall, doesn't it? Yeah. The waist around it. It's just, you're just going to throw it all in the bin. Yeah, I don't, I don't like them. I don't know what they're playing at, what, what the story's there. I tried to see if there's anything online about them, kind of, is it going to be their new kind of elite series or anything like that, but no one's really talking about that, but... My guess would be if they're going to get a seven-inch lining, which technically the the elite series was, that that's gonna they're going to take over that that scale for for the Disney store. It's it's a bizarre move to award a license to a completely different company to produce more action figures that are just slightly different. I don't see you know what the unique thing is about these. I mean, obviously the elites were diecast, you know, they were they're quite a sort of distinction, whereas these are just like just more plastic action figures that you can pose and it's a shame because i you know i quite like what diamond select have done with the, the black hole figures i don't know whether you've seen those they've just done mm. maximilian and uh, uh and vincent and bob and they're really nice you know and you kind of think well yeah it's yeah, there's a gap in the market there whereas <laughs> there's not a gap in the market for more boba fett figures do you guys feel that the uh, volume of product and range of product is growing I mean, it's so, such a variety that we've just gone through tonight, and it, it does seem like there's a lot of, you know, 6-inch, 7-inch, 8-inch, 4-inch, 3-inch. Yeah. I think Disney just opened it up, didn't they? You know, it used to be you had you had Hasbro, you had Lego, and that was pretty much it when it came to action figures. But as soon as they uh, got their hands on it, it was like, right, who wants to who wants to make an 8-inch? Who wants to make a 10-inch? Who wants to make a 12-inch? Who wants to make quarter scale? It's kind of, yeah, it's opened the floodgates. And, it does yeah. feel like that, doesn't it? Yeah. I think as collectors, you've got to be, you know, you kind of got to focus, haven't you, and decide what are the things you want to you want to collect, and kind of let the right rest ride over you. I mean, we go through it, you know, line by line every week, and we're always coming up. You know, Hyper Real is a good example of something they try and it fails and, and it dies away. And I imagine these will, and something else will come along to replace it. Can you imagine being a modern completist now? I know I miss. I listen to Galaxy of Toys and stuff, and some of the hosts on there, are, they buy every single action figure. I mean. I think with modern collecting, you've got to be selective because yeah. this mall is hideous. It is hideous. And if you're thinking about buying this mall, isn't it? I mean, have a long, hard look at yourself if you're purchasing that. It says the man who bought that bloody holiday figure. Yeah. It's a very nice figure, Mark. I think you're on shaky ground last year. I really do, mate. Yeah. <laughs> but I think going back to what you're saying about modern collection, I mean, sometimes when you see people's photographs of their uh, modern collections online and it just looks like, They've taken a picture of um, a Toys R Us or a Smith's Toys or an Entertainer or a Beatties or whatever. It, it, it just, I don't know. Just, I suppose you've got to collect smart, like we do with vintage. You know, I've I've always kind of tried to keep myself focused. And if I buy something, it's normally an upgrade and change things out, swap things out. I think you've got to be the same with modern as well. You can just literally fill a warehouse up with this stuff. But if it's something you like, buy it, display it. When you've had enough of it, sell it and buy something else to replace it. You just turn your collection over. Otherwise, yeah, you just become a bit of a hoarder with it. I, th- I think that's what it is. I think you're you, you classing your collection really is more of a hoard than a, a than a collection than you, yeah. know, you put on display and something that looks cool. Not getting a thumbs up from us here. Um, no. 
but I know something that gives Dan a thumbs up every month. But this month, I've let Craig have a look. Craig, any Ooh-hoo! Funko announcements? <laughs> Craig? I'm sorry to steal this away from you, Dan. But there's not a lot, to be fair. There's um, there's there's one sort of big announcement that I can see. Well, I say big announcement. They just they release stuff all the time. I don't think there's any uh, fanfare when this stuff comes out. And I don't really understand the pattern. It just seems to be as and when they finish stuff, they chuck it out there. But what we're talking about this month is the Mandalorian on a bantha with the child in a bag. Uh, and it's a deluxe, uh, a deluxe pop vinyl figure. So it's on... Uh, he sat there, obviously, from uh, season two. So it fits with the Funkos we talked about last time around. But this is a deluxe uh, to uh, to feature with, um, I think, was, wasn't the, um, the the child with the pouch of eggs? I think that was a deluxe one, wasn't it? It was a bit bigger than the others. But yeah, it's a, it's Mando on a bantha, little cute bantha, little tiny uh, baby Yoda in a bag on a little sandy base. I reckon, just- I reckon Grant's got all of these. I reckon he's, he's got them all on display. Oh, man, it's... Mate, I, I, I do not I do not like Funko Pops, mate. <laughs> I don't I, I don't get it. And do you know what? What a successful license because I mean every sort of convention seems to be a Funko Pop convention. Every stall is Funko Pop. I I, I don't get it at all. Uh, I'm completely lost on this stuff. You told me <laughs> when you buy a Funko, you buy two. You buy one to keep in the box, and then you take one out, then take the other one out of the box, and you put it down your pants. Yeah, it's in my bed actually, mate. I don't get much sleep. I mean, if you look on YouTube channels of you know younger generations of fans, they always have a stack of Funko Pops behind them. You know, all in their original packaging. What I mean, it it must be as successful as the vintage line was when we were kids in terms of a Star Wars license, because everyone seems to you know the younger generation seem to go for them. I don't get it. The Wampus nice though. They're clearly selling because they're in every shop you go in, aren't they? I, I see them in bookshops. I see them in. They're in HMV. They're in the supermarkets. They must be selling like hotcakes. Some of the chase figures they release. I mean, they go for big bucks. Have any of you guys actually got a Funko Pop? Yes. Ha! I haven't got one, but my my lad's got several, and I I don't mind buying them for him because he he, he likes them. Um, but I wouldn't mind a Judge Dread one. If you can find me a cheap Judge Dread, I'd have that. I have got from Celebration the chrome blue Darth Vader. And the reason I've got that is because Pete Davis gifted, gifted it to me. And I keep it as a memento of Celebration. But it's worth a few quid. So I think there was only two and a half thousand of each one. I've been looking on eBay and it's going for like two or three hundred quid. It's mad. But yeah, something like that. I'll, I'll keep that as a, like you said, Grant, about, you know, your collecting journey. That's something that um, I'll always keep hold of. Mate, I'd trade that for a hot toy if I were you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Or a razor crest. Or a razor crest, yeah. Well, the the final thing I wanted to look at was something that I'm tempted to buy my little girl for Christmas. Um, Grant, coming back to you, a Mattel remote control, the child. Yes, mate. What a surprise to see this. So I guess this is for uh, young children. Mattel, I normally associate with uh, baby and toddler toys and perhaps young girl toys. Uh, this is the Mattel Baby Yoda. The big success, really, of the of the Disney era, I guess, is, is the Baby Yoda child figure. This is a 12-inch radio-controlled animatronic plush doll that you operate with sort of like a wrist control on your arm, much like the Mandalorian does. It, it sort of waddles across the floor. It's going to be a huge success for cats. Um, comes <laughs> with a hover pram, a, a brand new word, uh, a hover pram sort of display in its packaging it's priced at 70 dollars. it's available actually from today um I've, i had a look on youtube to see if i could find some more information about it there's already electronic ba- uh, the child baby yoda toys out there ones which their faces change and, and they talk and all that kind of stuff i don't really know what to say about it because it's a child's toy but it's obviously going to be a massive success 
I guess it walks across the floor and um, yet another baby tr- uh, uh, baby Yoda uh, toy. So I think um, I'm not sure biggest, if any of you the biggest selling point here, Grant. Okay, and I think you would enjoy it the most is you press the blue button and you get ten seconds to hide and it will come and find you. It plays hide and seek with you. I mean, really? Yes. <laughs> and do you know what? As, oh. as a man who, as a man who lives pretty much on his own, that would be brilliant. Finally, no fun playing hide and seek. Oh, I can imagine I, Mark in his Mando helmet running around the house with a man with a child on, it, trying to it, find him. How does, it, how does it know who you are? The false, I mean, like the false, the false Grant. It sounds like something from the Pentagon. <laughs> uh, just, is um, it recording what you're seeing and what you're doing? Oh, and it's getting deep state now. Look, come on, it's just a toy, Grant. <laughs> See, if you press the yellow button, it just follows you wherever you go. I can see, like, like my three-year-old daughter, who loves the child, she comes in here. She sometimes looks at my older Yoda stuff, kind of, like, looks a bit puzzled that he's got wrinkles. She was, she would love that. If I can get hold of one of them for under the tree. How old's your daughter? Three. Three, yeah. I think it's, exactly, it's probably 40 years too late for me, mate. <laughs> never say never. You never know. Let, let me, if you... If you get it for her, let me know, and if it is good, we'll get some. Well, there you go. We we said not a lot, but actually we've covered quite a lot, and like you just said, all sorts of different ranges. Um, I think we'd all agree. Well, I know Grant will be um, saying that his favourite item of the month is the Bandai figure. From Star Wars Mandalorian, it's the Child Feature Plush RC. Now you can control where the child goes. Or activate Follow Me Mode to have the child find you. So, is your friend staying for dinner? He only eats frogs. It's the Mandalorian Child Feature Plush RC. Batteries not... Moving on to topic three. Grant, I think it was only a couple of days ago you were telling me that it's actually 22 years uh, this month since the release of the Phantom Menace trailer. to the prophecy of the one who will bring balance to the force. You believe it's this boy? He can see things before they happen. He can help you. The force is unusually strong with him. He was meant to help you. Anakin! Tell him to take off! Will I ever see you again? What does your heart tell you? Are you sure about this? Trusting our fate to a boy we hardly know? Anakin Skywalker, meet Obi-Wan Kenobi. I sense much fear in you. The boy is dangerous. They all sense it. Why can't you? Fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. trailer 
okay, love or hate the movie, you go back to 1998 when that trailer came out and the excitement. How good was that trailer? Grant, then, let's come to you. 22 years ago, this trailer. Um, can you take us back to how you felt when you first saw it? Uh, yeah, of course I can. Easy, mate. It was really nice to see these in the show notes, actually. This is my favourite uh, Star Wars moment, I'd say. I think it was the around about the 12th of November, 1998, and after, what was it, 17 years of talking about it in playgrounds and buying the books and the magazines and researching what happened before the original trilogy and even getting all those magazines that George Lucas was releasing, photographs of the sets and stuff like that. It was the release of the trailer that was that proved that we had a new film on the way and we had two minutes of brand new star wars footage which was incredible and in fact uh, the, the night before i was in my my bedroom watching late night television and i fell asleep with the tv on and at eight o'clock in the morning i woke up and heard the words and coming up next we have a brand new trailer for the new star wars film and i think that's the quickest i've jumped out of bed ran downstairs grabbed a vhs tape it might have been three fugitives it didn't matter i was going to record over it anyway slapped that into the machine and then we had the uh uh, two minutes of what I think for me was the most exciting uh, uh, piece of uh, Star Wars. You know, having to go through all those shops and see Star Wars come back and see it get built up over the 90s and more interest and it sounds like it's going to happen and, and that two minutes. And, you know, I think at the time, you look at the trailer now and, you know, there's comparable trailers with things like Lord of the Rings and the Avengers and Avatar. But back then, we, we hadn't seen anything like that. And we hadn't seen digital backgrounds let alone bit a digital background where the camera is racing at 200 miles an hour just the the volume of world building uh just expanded from the original trilogy it, it was just so overwhelming and and you know the force awakens trailer the um the the, the teaser for that the um the chewy were home comes close but for me that original phantom menace trailer is is my favorite star wars uh memory and uh, yeah i think what a celebration it was, you know, it was just so dead excited, uh, dead exciting to be on a constant state of ecstasy day after day after day, month after month after month. And that trailer provided that it was uh, it was a phenomenal time to be alive and I, the fondest of memories. I totally agree, mate. It was a, such a great time. Now, Mark, coming over to you now, I know you're not a greatest Phantom Menace fan, but when you saw that trailer, you must have been excited at the time. Oh, over the moon. I remember watching the Big Breakfast on Channel 4 when they showed it twice. And, I mean, back then, it was very... It, it wasn't like a, you can go online and, and watch it on YouTube time and time and time again. You had to be there pressing record on a, on a you know video recorder to, to make sure you got it. And I remember one of my mates at work managed to record it off the TV and we, we sat in the meeting room at work watching it over and over and over again. <laughs> And we couldn't quite believe it. You know, new star, a new Star Wars film. We'd had books, we'd had comics, we'd had radio plays, but this was a new film. This was different. This was uh, bringing Star Wars back, essentially. And um, George Lucas, you know, had the money, the technology and the team and the actors to be able to bring his, this, you know, epic story to life again. As far as we were concerned, he couldn't screw it up. I mean, it was a new Star Wars film. How can you possibly screw up a Star Wars film? Impossible. It didn't take... It took about three viewings at the cinema before it to really sink in and think, hang on a minute, something ain't quite right about this. 
But yeah, no, it was, it, it was a good time and it was exciting. And I do look back at, at, at that particular sort of era with a great deal of fondness because it was exciting. And, it, you, you know, we did have some good times with it. It was just as, as it sort of went down the line, it got harder and harder to sort of enjoy almost. And, um, you know, now that I've got uh, children of my own, I, I tend to watch it when I do watch it with through their eyes, uh, especially Zach's. Because one of his favourite films is Phantom Menace, and he really enjoys it. So I, I've softened to the prequels over the years. I don't dislike them as much as I did, but I don't have... Don't get me wrong, I don't hate them. I don't hate them. They're Star Wars films at the end of the day. Uh, I'm not a Star Wars hater. I love Star Wars, any Star Wars. But it, they're definitely the weakest uh, of the uh, films, I think. I found when I was looking, actually, that... So you say about the trailer, uh, go on, you saw it on the telly. It debuted in this, in this country on November the 17th in 26 theatres nationwide yeah it was before meet joe black yeah and there's there's some great videos if you if you search around youtube and whatnot of people who were just hopping between cinema screens and weren't even staying for the movie were just paying to get in or queuing at those in those days just to just to get in to watch this trailer but that, that, but that to me is the Phantom Menace. The Phantom Menace isn't just the the movie. I think the movie's been criticised to depth and in a lot of respects, rightly so. But to me, the Phantom Menace was was a sixteen year journey that ended with, with with the film. And it is disappointing that the film didn't meet the expectations, especially of the older generation. I think a lot of that's been rewritten now as the prequel fans uh, get their own YouTube channels. But for me, the the, the Phantom Menace was. You know the you know waiting from the end of Return of the Jedi, the discussions in the playground, seeing the increase of memorabilia on the shelves in the early '90s and how that got built up. To me, it was you know it embodies all of that. So I have a a blinkered view of the Phantom Menace based heavily on uh, nostalgia of that period. And and Darth Maul was fantastic. Yeah, Craig, do you do you remember that the trailer? Do you think they gave they gave quite a lot of no, didn't give it away, did they? But you saw everything in the trailer. We saw them all. It's not like what we saw with the sequel trilogy, where they kept so much back. Yeah, I guess. I mean, you saw Obi Wan meet Anakin, and you saw, you know, Anakin leaving his mother. So all, all the kind of main story beats are in there. I mean, I can remember it so clearly. I, I first watched it um, online, watching it download almost frame for frame on an old dial-up <laughs> uh, modem. I was working at a design agency at the time. And everybody was gathered around just watching this thing just slowly reveal itself. And I think, you know, my memory is it, it's all the sharper for that, you know, watching this thing get unveiled. And I remember sort of seeing that text come up. Every journey has a first step and just the goosebumps. Oh, what a great line, you know, that just puts you right there. So fantastic memories around that era and the technology that was around watching it, watching it online. Probably the first trailer I ever I ever watched online. So it's all tied up with that era. And, uh, and as Grant says, it was just magical. It was magical that all this stuff was happening. And and to and to Mark's point about the big breakfast, you know, I remember um, I remember George Lucas and, and and Jake Lloyd on the big breakfast, sort of promoting the film, and and Johnny Vaughan interviewing George in like that little shed they had. And he was, and George was very gracious and good natured about it. He was full of positivity. You know, the backlash hadn't kicked in, um, and they were they were making him guess celebrities from their warts. So John Ford was showing up pictures of like isolated warts, and George had to guess who they were. 
and there's a little game called Star Wars. And I just remember <laughs> that stuck in my mind, you know. And I remember being late for work that morning because I had to leave late. Okay. Um, do you know what, George, we've been playing extremely tenuous games to do with Star Wars um, all week with our Star Wars guests. Um, do you know what? It's time for us to play Star Wars. Uh, yeah, it's an old favourite parlour game in Britain. Star Wars. Do you know what? Um, I have uh, pictures of actors with uh, facial warts or moles. Uh, there they are, and they've been covered up, and only the wart is showing. <laughs> this is Star Warts. Um, I want you to try and guess. Who do you think this first wart belongs to? I can, I, have a guess, just blind, and afterwards I can give you the first clue. Uh, I tell you, you're good if you get that. It is very difficult. Um, gosh. Want to give you a clue? Sure. Give me a clue. You looking at me? You looking at me? I don't see anyone else standing here. Yes, exactly right. It is oh. Robert De Niro. There you go. Fantastic. Uh, going on the right cheek. Okay, here we go. This is number two. Let me have a, Let me just get one. Oh, I know who. Oh. Only your brain. Did, did, you, did that flap up and he saw? No. But you Are you sure? Just go like that. Give me a chance. I just hate it when multi-million dollar producers cheat on small games. Okay, what do you think here? <laughs> Uh, There's the wart there. Yeah, I see. I'll <laughs> um, tell you what, though. All the president's men couldn't take the sting out of Africa. Oh! oh! That's, uh... Oh, I know him. Uh, it's a good friend of mine. Oh, you have him up or you want some help? He's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> How about Sundance? Uh, yes, that yes, it is. That's, that's close yeah. enough for uh, me. You know, I can never remember these yeah, guys. Yeah, that's, that's they're a, all, yeah. all stars are like um, the strangest memories, isn't it? Star Wars. There's a Craig game. Craig, I Craig, I had uh, goosebumps just listening to you there, mate. <laughs> Dan, any memories of watching it? I think for me, it was more just the volume of the films that were coming out in 1999. If you look at the list of films that came out that year, it's an unusually high caliber of movies, and I just remember going to cinema probably more than I ever did that year and every film had the, every, every film had that trailer on the front of it and it was just a pleasure to go and see it almost every week you know you had films like the matrix out fight club six Sense. it just goes on and on and you know you, yeah it was it, and you could feel the as we got closer to the release you could feel the hype building and people getting more and more excited for it because you know you'd have people chatting away in the cinema then that lucasfilm logo would come up and then you'd see the tank start to roll over the hill and everyone would go silent and yeah focusing on the trailer it was great it was an amazing year. I can remember just um, having the um, the teaser poster with the Anakin walking in the desert. With a shadow with on the, the shadow side of Vader. Yeah, beautiful. That beautiful. was on my wall for ages. I've actually got a photo of me about however old I was in 98. It would have been about oh, 18, 19. Can we have that, that the extended uh, YouTube edit then, please? If I, can, if I can find it, yeah. Me standing in my bedroom and it's on the on the wall behind me. But I still have that poster. It's, it's in bad nick now, that one. But... Um, such a good poster. I can remember just seeing that and just thinking, wow. That is so one one thing that really just holds up. They've tried to recreate that so many times. They tried to do the face of Vader in Anakin's cloak. They tried to do like the reflection of the the, the rebel symbol with the helmet in Rogue One. And they've just they've never they've never bettered it. They've never got as close as that that Vader shadow on that on that wall. It was just brilliant. The new Star Wars movie is on its way. Now we're going to bring you the newest images from the film, so strap in for your ride back to the future with Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. 
Exciting, huh? And we want to know what you think. You can let us know what you're excited about as the new Star Wars movie approaches by clicking over to our ET website. Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace hits theaters May 21st, 1999. Not too far away. And we'll be right back. Just carrying on with those, with those memories of, of the toys. I mean, Grant and uh, I think Mark have already alluded to it. The, we had all these Power of the Force toys come in. Star Wars was back. We'd seen the original trilogy with special editions at the cinema and and suddenly we've got this this new film but the toys were a massive thing i mean i mean go to youtube just watch some of the videos of some of the midnight madness yeah um the scale people with trolleys just filled with three and three quarter inch figures i mean the money that must have been spent that night alone i know that i still dabble in a bit of episode one stuff now but you you put searches on on ebay the merchandise outside of toys that was available for the Phantom Menace was just crazy. Well, it's a marketing dream. Almost 400 people lined up in the cold drizzle at midnight to be the first to get their hands on the new Star Wars merchandise. As Peter Clemente reports, it's just the tip of the iceberg of the interest generated by the soon-to-be-released movie. There they are, 350 of the most hardcore Star Wars fans in this part of the galaxy. So how big a Star Wars fan are you? On your cell phone. While fans and toy collectors lined up at Landown Zellers at midnight last night to be the first to get their mitts on action figures, clothing, and other doodads, workers were putting the final touches on the display. Look at this. A lightsaber. A double-bladed lightsaber. It lights up on contact and has that kind of sound. wonder how much it... I can put this back. Finally, the doors were opened. Here they come. And there they go. Upstairs in the gallery, it was a madhouse. And the action figures were the big draw. You got enough stuff, do you think? Uh, no, but I got a limit. Actually, I was only going to come here to buy one figure, but I ended up getting more now. Yeah, so. <laughs> and I see you got the lightsaber there. Oh, yeah. Heard you guys talking about it, so I figured, well, might as well extend the credit limit a little. This is actually a shopper's paradise, but an hour into the shopping spree, dun, 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 there was trouble. Interact went down, but not to worry. Luckily enough, there is a bank machine just down around the corner, mm -hmm. so uh, hopefully, hopefully, so, uh, are, that's are, not going to interrupt uh, the people's fun. I spent $324. $324? But that's nothing, because I just ordered myself a hand solo frozen in carbonite from North Carolina. Uh, $227, I believe. Yeah. Was yeah. it worth it? Uh, I guess so. If, it, if it's worth money, I it guess it's it? worth it, yeah. This cellar store was only one of six in the country to open for the special Midnight Star Wars promotion. The movie doesn't open until later this month. May the toys be with you. Peter Clemetti, Global News, Richmond. I'm, I'm assuming we all got sucked up in the toys. Nope. Really? I, I was, I, you know what, after Power of the Force came out, I, I saw those figures and I didn't buy any of them. I think, I'd tell a lie, I probably, I think I bought a Darth Vader and a Stormtrooper. I, I was hoping they'd come out on vintage card backs and then I saw the, the card, the card backs for the Phantom Menace figures and I was like, nah, and I never bought any. I never got on the board of it at all. And I started, that's what started me collecting vintage. So that's when I started my, my loose run back then. So yeah, I wasn't on board, boys. I can't get excited. <laughs> I'm afraid. I hate the card up. I was there queuing outside Toys R Us at midnight. 
after we'd been to the cinema, me and a few of the boys had been to the cinema and we thought, right, okay, we, we, we timed it just right. We came out of the cinema, we walked straight across to um, Toys R Us in Hanley, which coincidentally was my first proper job when I was 16, working in Toys R Us. Fantastic. And uh, we were like probably about 20th in the queue. And there was there must have been about 120 people in the queue waiting to get in. And um, as soon as the doors opened, it wasn't a mad rush. It wasn't like one of these scenes you see in America on uh, Black Friday or whatever. It, it, it was quite orderly. We were all very sort of calm, slowly walked down towards the toy aisles. Very British, you mean, Mark? Very, yeah, <laughs> very, very British, definitely. I managed to buy a the. Uh, what is the, the Naboo fighter, you know, the yellow one, really beautiful design ship, absolutely gorgeous, Doug Chang design ship. I managed to get one of those. And uh, there was only, I think, maybe a dozen on the shelf. There wasn't very many on the shelf. And I remember being approached by about three or four people asking me if they would, um, if they could buy this ship off me. I didn't even pay for it. I was still in the shop. And they wanted to buy it off me for... I think the best I got was treble what the actual price was. And I wish I'd have taken it now. But I said, no, it's not for sale. I'm sorry. <laughs> and uh, the one figure everybody was after was um, obviously Darth Maul. I, I don't remember seeing anybody getting a Darth Maul, but I got a couple of figures. I got the, the Battle Droid and Stap, and I got the Naboo Fighter. And I was very happy. But I'll tell you now, that, that journey didn't last very long. I got very sick of it very quickly. Climb into the electronic Naboo fighter and clash with the Trade Federation. Your Anakin Skywalker hurtling into battle against the droid fighters. You managed to take one down. Only 2,000 more to go. The electronic Naboo fighter. Droid fighters sold separately. Batteries not included. But that, that Darth Maul was, um, they had issues, didn't they? So they had to ship out boxes just of Darth Maul because of the... Um, it was so desired. I don't recall ever struggling to get him, but I've, I hear that quite a lot. I've heard it on. He, he sold out straight away. And I think if you look at, I mean, one of the things that is overlooked with the episode one figures, like the film or not, if you actually take them out of the packaging and give them a good look, the, the detail in the paintwork is phenomenal. You, know, you have Jar Jar Binks with his, uh, all the detail on his arms. You know, same with Boss Nass, same with the, um, the eyes on the Trade Federation guys, the tattooed face of Darth Maul, which is probably incredibly tricky to do at the time. You know, they are really amazing figures, a, a real step up from what have come previously. They are good. They are evil. They are alien. They are wise. And they are available. At Toys R Us, you can find the complete collection from Star Wars Episode One. It's a selection of epic proportions, and they are waiting. Toys R Us. Craig, were you pulled into the hype of these? One hundred percent. I got. Um, I remember getting like the Mace Windu preview figure and the Stap. I think that was released first, wasn't it? In the green yeah. packaging, and they were the, they were the heralds of the range, weren't they? And I managed to get all of those. I thought they were great figures, but the packaging was lovely. I remember seeing, whether it's on a leaflet or something, but just seeing that ever so tiny, just the figures that they were going to be released and thinking at the time, a lot of old blokes in cloaks. <laughs> you know, it was like, you know, there was Palpatine and Sio Bibble and Qui-Gon and Rick Oli. And it's like, it was just sort of middle-aged men. And that was the first little alarm bell that it wasn't packed full of wacky aliens and, and 
dashing and things. But yeah, and, and from that, I was just, yeah, nuts for it. Absolutely nuts for it. And, you know, collected it in a big way. You know, I think the the Queen's, the massive Queen's Royal ship was the first thing I ever bought online. And I remember being with, with my mate, sort of ordering it from, the, I think it was the Entertainer, online the Entertainer, and it was like really hard to get. It's like, we'd found it, we could get hold of it. And I remember like keying in my, you know, details from my card going, is this, is this safe? <laughs> it's like, oh, you know, I want the ship more than I'm worried about this being safe and, and putting my credit card details in it. And um, and I remember it arriving and it didn't have the little escape pod, didn't have the little yellow escape thing that sits in the nose. And I called, I think it was probably Hasbro Direct. I've got in touch with Hasbro Direct. I said, look, you know, this this arrived and it didn't have the thing. And they're going, what, 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 what are you talking about? Yeah, and I said, you know, the yellow ship, the yellow ship didn't come with the yellow ship. So I said, okay, we'll, we'll send you, we'll send you uh, a replacement. And they sent me the uh, the Naboo fighter in a box. And, I'd, and I got back in touch. I said, you sent me the wrong one. And, and they said, well, oh, okay, yeah, I could get you now. And they, they sent out the little kind of, you know, escape pod ship. And I said, what well, do you want this other one back? I said, no, no, you can keep that. And I remember thinking, that was ace that I got a free, free <laughs> Naboo fighter. So yeah, lots of lots of collecting memories. Me and my mate just running around toy shows, buying it up. I think my I think my first stumble was TC14. That was the one I couldn't get, and that was where I kind of slowed down. But yeah, great figure. I know Mark and Dan just said they didn't like the packaging, but Grant said if you take them out of the packets, they're actually a really nice range of figures. If you put a loose run of them together, they still look fantastic now. Trap no, mate. You've got you've got to concede that that you know those rubber cloaks that you get on uh, the little Anakin figure. Oh and, yeah, 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 yeah. I'd, it just but, right. Thing, but it was it was just I think it was just nice from going from like 1994 and going into Forbidden Planet where Star Wars was packed underneath the stairs and you would get like the ERTL NPC model kits that were left over from the 80s with a commemorative sticker slapped on it three higher to the empire books sand suites concept book and that was your star wars and to go from that to like the entrance to Woolworths, toys r us tesco's just rammed star wars banners everywhere it was i mean it was great fun spending two years running around picking up displays that are far too big for the bedroom and stick you know star wars this way stickers off the floor nothing's changed does it mate <laughs> this is why we don't want to get into the black series like but it was just amazing it was just phenomenal to go from you know from just under, you know that 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 small very few star wars items oh look they've released a new book about the cantina aliens and that was a big deal to just you know wall to wall star wars everywhere and i i just i, I loved that i thought that was uh, amazing and, you know comparable to the force awakens but not really because if you start looking into this episode one stuff i'm still seeing bucket loads of stuff that must have been available around the world is new today so I don't remember the Midnight Madness or anything like that. I mean, I had already met, met my now wife at this point. I was only 18, 19, and uh, I can remember I used to I used to do a bit of work with my dad, getting a bit of money, and every Wednesday I used to go into Riceman's after college, hoping there'd be new figures in there, and they'd have the, sta- um, the, the stap in there and the battle droid. And every week I'd buy one because there was no other figures to buy, and I can remember my, my missus going to me, oh, getting another one of those i think i ended up with five but i'd go in there every week and i had nothing else so i just keep buying these snaps like, yeah <laughs> this is a good investment good investment <laughs> and it was all the uh all the eateries as well wasn't it so you come at the toy shop oh. or just a normal shop you know uh, a greeting card shop that would be full of it and then you'd go to a fast food restaurant that would be full of i've it. got all the kfc good. stuff i've got the cards i've got the cups with the little plastic molded figures on top I've got I've got them, yeah good good range <laughs> 
I've recently bought used pizza boxes with um nice. used one of them. One of them was used, mate. I was trying to buy them all clean, but one of them turned up and uh, yeah, had pizza residue from nineteen ninety nine in it. Stu, <laughs> hey, honestly, mate, pay the extra two quid and get an unused one. <laughs> I've got the um a Pizza Hut magnets, um, fridge magnets with a Pizza Hut phone number on with Darth Maul on them. I've got a few of those banging about somewhere. Oh, nice. I haven't seen Did- those, mate. Two kids' meals, please. This is a Gungan sub, a single-pilot utility transport from Oda Gunga. It's powered by these rotating fins and cycle water through this electromotive field fast enough to escape the jaws of a core-swimming OPC killer. Good use of the hydro spray. Episode 1 is here, and now at KFC, get a free Star Wars toy with every kid's meal. We've got something good to share. Did you, um... What was it like when you when we compare it to like four or five years ago? Obviously, we've you know we've all evolved as collectors, and now we're you know all online, and there's this massive online community. There's Facebook, there was the forums, and everything else. But back then, none of that was around, and I felt I suppose not isolated, but there wasn't anyone who kind of got it the way I got it, and was excited about it the way I was. Did you have people like that around you as bigger fans as you, or was it is it kind of you were the the center of universe when it came to Star Wars? No, I was on my own. My, my first my first viewing was I think it, they didn't do midnight showings, and it was I think it was like nine o'clock in the morning or something. Um, and I went to showcase Cinema in Coventry on my own, expecting it expecting it to be absolutely rammed, and there was about twenty people. <laughs> But yeah, I didn't. There was no gang. There was no. I didn't have a community of sort of fans. I did. I did go to the show in later on with a with a mate who wanted to see it. But yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't as much a communal thing as it is now. I went with my brother and um, my brother-in-law and my brother's best mate. And the midnight showings of all the new films, I've gone with my brother and my brother-in-law and some of our children. So um, it stood the test of time. They're, they're not collectors. My brother always comes and has a good nose because it was his toys. He was at a better age for Star Wars than I was, being eight years older than me. But um, yeah, he's still got that interest in it but not to the same level but i've always got those people to to go to the cinema with i mean grant you live in a field don't you i pretty much mate um i I pretty much made up the star wars fandom for the uh for the village uh or for even the uh the south of the country to be honest with you mate no one else was into it but kind of made up for all that and which was nice because nobody else was interested in getting a seven foot pepsi star wars cardboard display so i was able to hoover up uh most most of the stuff from the cities around you so that was that was great still got a lot of it must have had about maybe about 70 or 80 displays and some of them uh, i've got a darth maul lego display now like a 3d multi-shell lego display it's absolutely massive it's about 12 not 12 foot i'd say maybe maybe nine foot tall <laughs> i'm having i'm having problems having to constantly move it around the uh the, the, the star wars collection so i can actually get in and out there at the room i can't throw it out because it means so much to me but it has absolutely no place in my collection. But I think the first or second ever Farthest From I came down to, you had bought a massive display with the with the buttons, the lit up buttons. I think you were giving it to Dave Tree. That was episode one. That was right. That was the the, the, the Comtech reader. That was um yeah. That was the first Comtech reader. The green one. The power. No, the second one. The power of the Jedi uh one. So yeah, there was that. I also made it was so much because they used to have these big steel frames and they would put on them massive 3D plaques with like you know uh, shards of plastic coming off, like red colored plastic with the big Star Wars logo all imprinted in 3D. With and I was thinking to myself, how am I going to get all that scaffolding in home and into my bedroom? But uh, 
But there'd be people looking at us like you'd have like a massive, I don't know, huge uh, Star Wars stickers on the floor. And they'd been walked over for two years. And I'd be like, can I have that? And they'd be like, yeah, you can have that if you can get it up. So I'd be chiseling away at the floor of the wall, was trying to get these <laughs> store displays up. I mean, the, le- the lengths we went to was, was bizarre, but it was so much fun. It was so much fun. Indeed, indeed. And um, I know you just said, Dan, about The Force Awakens. It it was exciting, but it wasn't the same, was it? I mean, we'd had modern toys for such a long time at that point. I mean, everything was just fresh, wasn't it? Well, we went just... there. was nothing there. We went to Toys R Us at Brent Cross. They had nothing. Oh, we did. Could you? Could, right. And I've seen them in that madness. They were stocked, <laughs> weren't they? But like, the first, I can remember, like, we were quite in the front, weren't we? We like, had raffle tickets to get in. We were like five yeah. and six or something. Yeah. And like, Black Series had gone, hadn't they? Yeah, they had one Everyone set. was moaning. <laughs> I can remember that Gary Mancini was at the front and he was about third in and hadn't got the Black Series, had he? There was was no Sphero BB-8, so I was fuming. (laughs) What happened there? (laughs) Different different times, but... The Force Awakens did remind me a lot of it, but in all honesty, it it didn't have the... I don't think anything will ever have that ridiculous volume of merchandise and marketing that the Phantom Man has had. I think that's a one and done for all time. For good reason. (laughs) Yeah, it's all all in the desert, isn't it? Ah, oh, see, this 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 is where the pro- the um, podcast is wrong. So I feel like just going to buy an episode one toys now, and I think I've got most of them in the garage. And that's what I was alluded to. I was just that's what I, when I was saying, like, did you have a, a you know a group of friends or fans around you? I imagine that if if this was nineteen ninety nine and we had all this technology, we'd all be we'd all be selling these toys to each other, and we'd all be running down to Toys R Us at three o'clock in the morning after the podcast. Ah, <laughs> oh, happy happy days. Happy days. Well, we're, defi- we're definitely going to delve into episode one more, um, especially when we hit some anniversaries, because I think as a toy range, I do think we should go. We should go through it at some point. It was a very creative time for toys. There were lots of it was a bit anything goes. You know, I, I, you know the, the the little figures with the um, that clipped onto the end of the lightsabers, and you could battle them. It's like they were really trying to do something different. And Jar Jar sticky sticky tongue novelties. It was just uh, lots and lots of stuff. I think you're right there as well, Craig. There was a lot of innovation as well. Like you had dueling money banks and all that kind yeah. of stuff. And it, you know, it's quite easy to dismiss the episode one stuff because of the criticism of the film. But if you actually look at the the products that they made, I mean, they really went out there in all directions. And then, uh, absolutely, you know, some of some of it even into the surreal. I think it's uh, it's a lot. It would be a lot more difficult to do a full run of episode one than probably the vintage line. A lot cheaper as well. Well, to be fair, Grant, I was with you in Chicago eighteen months ago, and you were. Um, Hoovering up all sorts of episode one figures out there. I can remember yeah, sitting were, on a bus were, with you ripping them off the cars. <laughs> <laughs> they, they were super super cheap over there. They were like five dollars a figure. Yeah. So even for, even for, the, for the rare ones like uh, TC14 that Craig bought up, I think that was about eight eight dollars. And over here it's like twenty quid. So yeah, yeah. it was good. It's good. There are things I cannot do. I cannot watch while people suffer. I cannot sit when something must be done. I cannot judge those who are different. There are things I cannot do. Run. Hide. Ignore. There are things I cannot do. But there are certainly things I will do. That leads us on to our final topic then, where we normally have a figure and you all pick your favourite favourite mould of the figure. And to tie in with episode one, I thought it was pretty pretty fitting that we should go with Darth Maul. I mean, anyone that hates the Phantom Menace, they cannot argue that Darth Maul was a superb uh, character. 
so boys yeah quite quite a few to choose from here and um, be interested to see what you have chosen because i've owned a few of these and some of the Darth Mauls i've owned they can be really hit and miss so so let's see what you've got so dan i'm going to come to you first okay so i've just posted a picture in the uh in the thread just so everyone knows what i'm talking about <laughs> <laughs> so horrendous. i am going Let i am going with the hero masher Darth Maul. So this is, uh, he's got spider legs or he's got metal legs. And I think it's awesome. My boy had one and I thought it was, yeah, it was a great figure. Lots of play value there. There's got to be a better figure than that. It's brilliant. I love it. I'm going with that. Because you could take his legs off and then put him in the spider and he's spider maul or he's robot legs maul. I like it. I must admit, actually, my lad had a lot of the hero mashers. It was a line that never really... Took off. Never really took off, and they were quite good fun, weren't they? Yeah. In that little way. I I think from play value, it's fantastic. You know, when you look at Darth Maul, he's only in the Phantom Menace for what? Probably what he gets probably what five minutes screen time, something like that. He's the Boba Fat of the sequels, isn't he? Yeah, but then when you get to Clone Wars, he's uh he becomes a bit more of a personality, and this is his genesis from, I suppose, being cut in half to a spider to a half man half robot. Hero mashes were good, good quality toys as well. They, they, they were really well made when you compare to you know a lot of the plastic action figures that out of the time. I, I, my lad, I used to get my lad a lot of the Marvel ones as well as the Star Wars ones, and I was just really impressed with the quality of them. So, yeah, I I, I would have gone with you on that with Dan. Um, I would have copied that uh, choice, I think, mate. Thank you, Mark. <laughs> so, what did you go with, Mark? I'm going to go with the first uh, Hasbro release of Darth Maul, purely down to a nostalgic reason and the myth that it was a hard figure to to get hold of at the you know when he when when they were first released. Not not an, an awesome figure by any stretch of the imagination, but I remember buying my first one, and I think it might have been from Woolworths, and uh, remember thinking, "Oh my God, I've got one at last." Uh, so yeah, that, just purely nostalgia. I think it, I think it's a good choice. To be fair, I, I think it's uh, still a great, great figure. Grant, going to come to you. Do you know what? I was just going to jump on what Mark said there, and he's quite right. The Darth Maul, you know, he was only in the uh, Phantom Menace for a couple of minutes, but I think it's also interesting that the perception of Darth Vader, especially in the New Hope, he's only in a New Hope for eight minutes and six seconds. Really. Yeah, does yeah. that surprise you at all? Because it feels like, you know, he's a major part of the film, but, you know, I guess his impact is a lot more and he has a lot more words and, you know, he's incredibly iconic. But it, sometimes sometimes I think it's missed that Darth Vader is only in, you know, a very small part of of Star Wars. But anyway, sorry. Uh, I would I, I would have gone with Mark's choice there, the first release Hasbro figure, but it seems that Mark's taken that. I'll go for the obvious uh, Jedi Dual Deluxe Darth Maul hot toy. There we go. Predictable. <laughs> Hot toy, yep. Fair, fair enough. <laughs> um, well, Craig's already told us it was left field, so um, I'm expecting it to be the holographic one from 2006 Saga Collection. Nope. I'm going to go with the 2001 Power of the Jedi 6-inch Mega Action um, Mall, which I think is probably forgotten... A forgotten line, really. This this was a time when I was hoovering up stuff, keeping it pristine, buying the best cards I could find, and and, and keeping it 
um, and displaying it all kind of in its packaging. But the one thing I relented and opened was this thing. So it was a, a six inch figure, which is interesting because it shows that Hasbro were thinking in the six inch scale kind of 12 years before they launched the Black Series. And it's a decent looking uh, figure of more, but you squeezed his legs together and he waggled his lightsaber around. And I just thought it was a great toy. Yeah, I remember it. It had a big, big, big chunk of uh, packaging with it. Big green box, and I think they did. I think they did two others. I think they did um, Obi Wan, and they did the Droika. They, they, you know, they sometimes they try these things and they don't work, and they just disappear into into history. But I just wanted to shine a little spotlight on that one tonight because I I really liked it. Have you got one, Craig? No, I don't have one anymore. Do <laughs> you like one? I sold it on. <laughs> Would you like one? <laughs> we've really gone off only Mark's really chosen a three and three quarter inch figure there can I say though that the face sculpt on that looks better than the diamond select one <laughs> it does <laughs> mate yeah it does those Darth Maul tattoos were inspired by a microchip board uh, it was a design that was originally going to be used for a Jedi and it was like a yellow colour oh, and I've it's seen like a, yeah the, the sort of it's in the art of books and it's like a yeah. face uh, uh, face tattoo uh, inspired by a micro- microchip board and then that evolved into Darth Wall and that's where you get the weird sort of angles and stuff I knew there was a reason we uh, we asked you back mate <laughs> <laughs> I've got access to an art of book <laughs> right well interesting choices with the malls there is loads and loads and loads there's some shockers I mean there's some great things some great mall figures if you're a more focused collector. Fear. Fear attracts the fearful, the strong, the weak, the innocent, the corrupt. Fear. Fear is my ally. Well, boys, all the new announcements, nothing you've already backed. What would you be most tempted to go and buy? Uh, Mark? I would possibly go and get the uh, vintage collection Return of the Jedi Boba Fett. Nice, nice. Dan? Hot Toys Mando. Toys Mando, good choice. Yeah. Grant? Yeah, it'd be predictable if I said Hot Toys. I am really liking these uh, Black Series figures. Yeah, the speed ones, isn't it? It is nice. It is. Uh, Craig? I'm not sure. A Mandalorian figure of some kind. <laughs> well, that was it, don't I? <laughs> yeah, I think um, it'd have to be that BB-8 holiday special figure, because <laughs> that's a belter. If you want to contact us or see what we're doing over on social media, Craig's churning it out on a day-to-day basis. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook just by searching Generation Skywalker. Go and check out our YouTube video. There's unboxing videos now, and Craig is enhancing every show, so they're always out there. Go and check them out. It's a great way to watch these shows and see what exactly what we're talking about just again search for generation skywalker subscribe over there go to www.generationskywalker.com where you'll find all our links to all our shows all our our enhanced shows and a load of blog posts too boys another another modern way done and dusted everyone buying stuff and uh, it's going to be um, inundated with modern toys but it is for this month planning his uh, he might not have spoken for the last couple of minutes because he's busy drawing up his Mando extension it is good night from Mark good night chaps it is good night from Daniel this is the way it is good night from Craig always a pleasure thank you bye 
and uh, great to have you back, Grant. Thank you for having me on. It's been great to speak to you guys, and it's, it's even better to speak to you rather than on, on, on messengers and stuff. So thank you for having me on. It's been great fun. Yeah, look forward to uh, recording many other shows of you. And of course, it is good night from me. We are Generation Skywalker. <laughs>